Hello campers. I am uh, no longer a professional nomad. I'm stationary back in Texas. This is just as relevant now as it was then. This is me and Eric Kalar on his podcast, Rebel with a Cause. And while maybe one or two of the topics might be a little dated, the rest of it is still relevant. We are still living post-constitutionalist and the legislatures and the political people are still menacing everyone with shaking the monetary system, threatening people with regulations under the guise of this is how civil society works. So no point in playing pretend that what's going on is adult time. Here is some shamelessly old content that still has remained timeless. Lucky me. of Rebel with a Cause. I am your host, Eric, and joining me on this episode is Donnie Gebert. I have to say, this is uh, one of those guests that I've been wanting to get on, and uh, sure enough, he hit me up in a DM on Twitter, asked to be on, and he was going to be in the Dallas area anyways, and so I snagged him up. He's here in the apartment. So without any further ado, here is Donnie Gebert. Donnie Gebert. Is it is it Gebert or is we're doing the French Jabert? Oh no, it's Gebert or Gebert. Gebert or Gebert? Yeah, depending on, like, I, some people just uh, elongate a first E depending upon where they're from, so whatever. It's kind of like my last name, which gets mispronounced all the time. I don't even care anymore. Um, when I moved to Louisiana, though, it was uh, really fun. Uh, one of the high school teachers tried to Cajunize my last name. And she's like, "Is that Hallier?" And I was like, "Oh no, no, don't, don't do, don't do me like that." Jabert, <laughs> uh, uh, Gerber, Gerbert, yeah, uh, Ger, Gabert, uh, yeah. About there's about thirty eight different ways that it's been attacked, and I don't know why. It's very short. It's six letters, so a very yeah. short last name. I don't know why you'd screw it up. The long ones, I see why people screw them up. They're hard to yeah. pronounce. The short ones, I don't know. Especially yeah. the last four letters is Bert. Bert. You yeah. only got to get the first two on your own. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure in the military they, they probably had a whole bunch of fun with your last name. Just mispronouncing it on purpose and stuff. Uh, no, I listen, I, I normally fly. Like, if I'm in a place where somebody busts balls, I'm usually below the radar. Below the radar? Yeah. I have no interest in that stuff, and I stay away from it. Like, 
even in the military, you give them the face. Like, yeah. I, like you can look at me and you could do the thing, but I don't give a shit. Yeah. And then they just stop. I'm not playing it the game. It doesn't work right. with, oh, the game doesn't work with you. It's kind of like a kid and you ruin their fun. And I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> why are you here, man? Like, this is not supposed to ruin your fun. You're not supposed to waste anybody's time doing this. Yeah. But, you yeah. know. <clears throat> yeah. Unfortunately, I kind of look like a private pile from a full metal jacket. So I got never ending... Fortunately, I look like every cardboard cutout white dude, 6'2". Like, I joined the military as 6'2", 180 pounds. Standard white guy. Yep, standard cutout. Where's that one? Do we have enough of those? Can we leave now? You know, make sure there are enough of those around the bus. And if there's not, send the other ones. Yeah, you probably got the, the you a lot. Hey, you. Come here, you. Yeah. My, the, the first, you know, the, the picture on the military ID is small. Yeah. My first military ID picture was right after our heads got shaved. In the field jacket, and yeah. it was from about the rib cage up. Yeah. So there were three, three privates that day. There was white, black, and somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And man, those IDs got you. Oh, they got abused as fuck, like oh, yeah. real bad, because nobody. Oh yeah, that's oh military. Like they don't really give you a hard time. So all you have to do is be the right flavor of yeah, yeah that picture doesn't shade look, or whatever mm-hmm. that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that, that's uh. Yeah, mine was uh, pretty unfortunate because I was uh, still a little bit puffy from high school and haven't actually like sucked in any during basic. So yeah, I got the private pile, uh, Gomer pile stuff all the time. So I was like, okay, all right, make your jokes. I'll give you a couple minutes. And I, I never needed it. I went to my first duty station was Korea. And drinking age in Korea was twenty. Yeah, and I got there when I was nineteen. So <laughs> unless like nobody really cared. Yeah, and I'm mean, not going to trouble. Check it too too closely. Yeah, right. so. Yeah, my uh, my younger brother joined the army after I did, and that was his first duty station was uh, Korea as well because he got crypto linguist. So uh, his barracks was actually right next door to a dog farm, and he was wondering what the stink was one day. And he was like, "Yeah, they're about to have a festival. That's that's a Chow Chow dog farm." And he was like, "What do you mean dog farm?" He's like, "Oh yeah, dogs." <laughs> yep. Uh, the Bosin Yang, the virility stew or whatever. The, it's like, uh, and it fetches a high price too. He wasn't, he was telling me, it's like, yeah, it's a delicacy. Like rich people do it. I was like, what? Yeah. Like you could say, they, they say it's a delicacy and it's expensive, but really it's expensive because they have to start up the dog farm to do it. Like yeah. That's, they don't do that year round. There are some places, but a lot of them are just that, that's yeah. spontaneous. <laughs> yeah. I could, I couldn't imagine. He was like, he was like, yeah, it's just a, a stink one day and you would be inside and you would still be smelling it in your, uh, in your BDUs and everything. There is, like, man, there is some imagine. Chinese dog meal where they, they intentionally leave the dog. They, bo- they do the dog like a, a lobster. So oh, the water so- is boiling and they throw the live dog in because, oh, no. because the adrenalized meat. Oh, getting the adrenochrome. Oh, oh. dude, dude, you gotta be like, I understand why someone would do that. Just okay. I don't understand why someone would do yeah. that because you can, and a normal animal, just go kill a normal animal and eat its adrenal gland and get whatever you're going to get. You're yeah. going to get something like that. So you could do a normal hunting and then go <laughs> to Google and look for the adrenal glands on your moose. Yeah. 
Okay. And, and like, if you want an animal to be pumping before it dies, okay, shoot it through no, normal shot through the lungs and that thing will run before it dies. If, yeah. I, it's going to have a that. few seconds of terror. Like what happened to me? I don't know. And then drop. I, yeah. I assassinate my animals. Yeah. I, I shoot them right at the base of the skull. I'm trying to get headshots as much as possible. Yep. Yeah. I, tur- I turn my animals off and they fall over because I don't want to chase them. Yeah. And, and even then I haven't, man, I haven't hunted in 15 years because I just, I've been so busy. Yeah. You know, back when I was a teenager and we would go hunting all the time and everything, you know, and that was something that the old timers would say is like, if you can get a headshot, great. Otherwise, try to go for the heart. It's going to suffer less. And we're like, well, what do you mean suffer less? And then, mm-hmm. you know, you hit your first whitetail or hog in the heart and you see it continue running for a hunt. It's like, oh, yeah, that thing's just going to go until it has no more blood to pump. Right. Yeah. Whereas, whereas you get it in the, you know, what's called the apricot, the little part mm-hmm. at the base of the skull, and mm-hmm. they just, they're dead before they even fall an inch. Yep. Nope. They don't know nothing. Lights out. They don't even know what happened. Yep. 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 It's one of those things. When you die, you know what happens next? <laughs> Neither does anybody else. Yeah. yeah. But somebody's going to be cleaning up your body. Like everybody seems to think that dying is like, oh my God, I'm going to have to clean up my death. No, nope. No, 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 no. You got to get real agnostic about all that goes on after that. (laughs) (laughs) You're on for the ride. There's a couple of comedians who've done the getting, getting necrophilified while after they've died, but they're still in their body and they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Sam Kinison had that great bit. Yep. It never ends. Oh, yes. Yes. I heard somebody else do it too. And I can't remember who, but yeah, Kinison was the other one. Yeah. Kinison, that was, um, he was around when I was a kid, and I remember a lot where we were sitting there watching some of his stuff, and you kind of look over at the parental unit, and I was like, I, I don't really think I should be watching this. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even had my 10th birthday. Why is this even on the television? Uh, yeah, and then that that bit in particular, the uh, dead guy getting uh, ass-fucked by the gay dude. Yeah. <laughs> the necrophilic gay, necrophilic gay dude. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it never ends. Oh, so good. All right, so... Uh, You've got ideas. You're you're one of those idea guys uh, about uh, self-directed government. Oh, I'm a solutions guy. Like this is not. Uh, I was kind of. I was like, this is mostly an idea, but I was when I say I was 99% certain it would work. Yeah, I was already there, and I talked to a bunch of people, and like the kind of uh, Bob Murphy had my shit first and then yeah. he'd pass it around a little bit. And I didn't, I wasn't getting a lot of feedback, but I was getting no negative feedback from people who looked at it. Yeah. No one was shitting on it. Yeah. But then Mark Zuckerberg came out with Libra. Oh yes. And I don't really like, I'm pretty detached from all of that. It was the reaction to it. 30 governments started freaking out about Libra. And I said, Oh, you shouldn't have blinked. Mm. Now I'm absolutely certain it'll work. Yeah. Now I'm absolutely certain. And that that's it. That's it. So the reason Libra is a threat is because functionally the only reason the federal government stays alive yeah. is because it can print. Now, everybody seems to have a belief about how these things run. Right. Everything in three-dimensional space is dumb. And it's not an opinion. So when you think about government operations, think about an Ikea diagram. Oh, wonderful. Everything is supposed to go through those steps. And if you think about each step, we can can fallaciously and non-fallaciously argue each section of each diagram ad nauseum until fucking forever. And and nobody will ever win because 
You said they're arguing over where the comma goes. Right. Yeah. But then what happens? The wall comes down because the system cannot be maintained. You can only do fraud for so long. Right. And here's the, the thing that nobody wants to get on top of. The United States dollar is not a scientific unit of measurement, period. Nope. End of top talk, full stop. It's not my opinion. Value, the word value, means nothing. Yeah. Okay? You, when someone feels value, literally, it's a hallucination. It's a feeling that they have that for some reason they're thinking this will make my life nicer or I'm going to arbitrage some work from this thing, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. The value or the, the definition of the word value will change for you from, because, you know, uh, food, food, if once you're full, food has a low value. Right. So your own value for things that you do value changes over time. So there's literally nothing other than this feeling that people will get when they think that's it. Right. And I, I, I think uh, value is the word that got out of Hogwarts. <laughs> it's that word because it, as soon as it's, it's the bullshit salesman and uh, priests will tell you about values and anybody who's trying to sell you something, it's all about the value. Well, the reason blockchains work is they are all about the cost. Right. They do the ledger and you don't get to bullshit them. So <laughs> when you don't, <clears throat> it's kind of interesting if you think about it, there really isn't any Bitcoin. There are no Bitcoins. You own a piece of a distributed ledger. Right. And that's the, so there's no coinage there really. It's this is your piece of a social work, which is a ledger that everybody has a piece of. Yeah, it's your little part of a math problem. Right, right, yeah, functionally that. So once Zuckerberg had had flushed all the governments out, and so they all realized their currencies are real. There, that's their lifeblood. Yeah. So if for some reason there was to be a severe currency issue, all of those just turn off, just yeah. like the Berlin Wall. You know, the CIA's job was to be looking for the Berlin Wall to come down. They didn't know. Yeah. Well, who's looking for? the next wall and it looks a lot like Peter Strzok and all, all of the cronies and all the crime that you're seeing up there right now on TV. Yeah. All the holdovers, the permanent government, the people that just stay there. Well, that's the problem. The yeah. That's the problem. If they were willing to try again in a couple of years and go, you know, go find something to do, they would have been okay, but they wanted to stay forever. Yeah. And then what we're finding out now, why did they want to stay forever? Because as soon as anybody else got to look behind the paywall, they're going to realize there's fraud back there. And and I think the dollar is already kind of shot. Yeah. But but nobody's really admitting it. And even then, it's not in anybody's real best interest to freak out about it. It's just understand the problem and then understand the solution. And the solution is kind of here. It's not in the store, but it's in the airport. There's QR codes in the airports. So the digital right. money, there's a, oh, I want to say it was in the international terminal of Houston. And there was a coffee machine that took only QR code money. I didn't look to see which ones. I know it took Bitcoin, but it didn't, I didn't want to sure about other ones. Right. And it was right down from where a really long Starbucks line would attract people from not having to stand in line and just... So yeah, you just go up there and hit your phone to it real and quick. And that's the international terminal. So that's, you know, um, what do they call it? 
Sky Miles magazine or Sharper Image, the yeah. Sharper Image catalog. So right now, cryptocurrency is in Sharper Image. How long does it take things to roll from Sharper Image to Walmart? Yeah, not that long. And that doesn't take long at all, actually. Right. Yeah. Right. So I don't know how a currency destabilizes in an information age. It's two to three days or two to three weeks or two to three months. And I think the government is going to try to make it two or three years. And they have a propaganda machine that when you're trying to explain to 300 million people what that value doesn't mean anything <clears throat> and yeah. that the only discernible um, peg that you could try to assign to the dollar is value. Yeah. <laughs> and that's nothing. Yeah. You start asking yourself, what is this? What do we trade? What medium do we trade in? And that's where I tell everybody, 20 to $100, go, go do a little crypto research and move some money now. That's yeah. all. Don't freak out about it. No point. And then if yeah. you have more money to move into it, go ahead. Yeah. Just, you know, if you're going to uh, purchase something, uh, they now have apps that'll just automatically round your stuff up to a dollar and it will drop mm -hmm. it in a crypto bucket. Yep. There's several of them. Um, you could do Abra. Yeah. On your phone. Yeah, that's a good one. Coinbase. A lot of these, here's what I kind of look at now is I think the regulatory state is trying to set up a bunch of toll booths for no fucking reason. Yeah. I want an intelligence, I want an intelligent uh, answer as to what is a custody solution. The whole purpose of owning your own stuff is someone else not having your private keys. Yeah, exactly. So a custody solution sounds an awful lot like someone else holding your private key. And, and let's be very clear. If people don't start understanding that not only can they not participate in derivatives, but they cannot participate in systems that have derivatives on them. Yeah. And there's and here's there's a Venn diagram. Crypto systems are basically two kinds. There's proof of work and proof of stake. Mm -hmm. If you put derivatives, all, all a derivative does is remove the scarcity premium and, right. and fill in that scarcity with dollar liquidity. So... Yeah. When you do this to a proof of stake system, the, the reason that a proof of stake system is financially sound, I'm not attacking any kind of, there's a lot of people that tell you it has to be proof of work and I'll tell you right to your face at a certain point, your hash rate is muda. Yeah. You're way, you're way overkill with your hash rate. So that's de facto not the best way to do this. So a proof of stake system really keeps the fees low and the uh, mining costs low. Right. But the way you change the, you got to oscillate that system and it, see, I don't like the dollar. So the, the crypto market really looks like either Guai or Satoshi is kind of going to be this, a standard. I, <clears throat> and I guess the way you put it is a Guai and a Satoshi can be narrowed down at a minimum to kilowatt hours. Yeah. So you have some way of saying it takes X amount of energy. You can represent calories in an ounce of gold you can look at how much how much energy does it take to get this thing out of the ground and then you measure it in calories you don't measure it in dollars hmm. yeah so the dollar is how we're trading the calorie is not but we really are just trading calories around yeah so the more you think about it it's okay i understand that the dollar is not a scientific unit of measurement but how do you leave that standard and it's really hard to do that so Never mind that. Let's just stay on the dollar standard and say that a proof of stake system is going to oscillate in USD value. Well, as soon as you hook up derivatives on 
a proof of stake system. The safety, the safety net on a proof of stake system is that if anyone was to get 51% of the stake, yeah, that when they fuck with the system, the person they hurt the most is themselves. Yeah, because then nobody will trust it and come back to it. Yeah. Well, well, listen, it's not only just they won't, they own 51% of the coins. It wasn't, I have 51% of the hash power right now. It's, yeah. I had to get 51% of the coins to change how this system works. Well, Jesus, that's a hell of an investment to ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> like, so now you get a derivative scheme where you're hooked up to a proof of stake system so you can suck the value out of it. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's literally this magical, we're going to give you the impression through stochastics that we're making up with a dollar liquidity pool through financial mechanics, financial right. leverage. Um, Smarter Every Day has a lot of interesting science experiments. And he does pulleys and levers and all that kind of stuff. Start yeah. looking, look at those and then start thinking. Every everything you can see on Smarter Every Day, or a bunch of them, especially the physical ones. Yeah. They have a financial, a corresponding financial mechanic of pulleys and levers and leverage and whatnot. Right. Well, if you allow derivatives on a proof of stake system, that's how you that's how somebody can own 51% of the coins and and you could still, they could still lose. Like yeah. they could be the the primary stake owner and and trying to keep it on lockdown and safe, and they'd still lose. Yeah, because of a derivative. So when you start looking at the whole world, here's what it boils down to: you need to be the owner of whatever your bearer asset is. Everybody says you know, cash is better than a check. Yeah. But cash is a Federal Reserve note, which is a check from the Federal Reserve. Yeah. So backed by the full faith and credit of the United States, which whatever that means. So then yeah. they tell everyone cash is a check and they're like, no, it's not. Yeah. Because they think it works different and they don't understand that all that green shit is checks from the Federal Reserve. It's and an they IOU. can bounce. Yeah. And they can bounce. So the good thing about it is the dollar goes last. The rest of the world is already openly hostile to the dollar, and a bunch of those systems are moving out. And a lot, honestly, I'm looking, like I said, financial mechanics. I think Xi turning all those blockchains loose inside of inside of China. I think that was a demonstration that they are having a very real monetary problem inside the country. Yeah, and they're letting the internal CCP-approved toll booths called blockchain, you know, the internal blockchains. Yeah. And some of them will be straight up frauds and a bunch of them will eat up that yuan liquidity. And I think that I think once the liquidity is eaten up by those internal systems, I think those internal systems are going to be allowed to marry to the outside world. And there's a there's people yelling about China getting into the World Bank. I mean, the, the Chinese Communist Party is obvious crime. Yeah. And then the American crime syndicates were basically operating with them. Like human trafficking, killing people for organs, sex trafficking, the whole nine. Yeah. I mean, Epstein was just one such uh, little symptom of that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they come out with a uh, just a straight face. It was like, well, he hung himself in his jail cell. And, and then you're supposed to expect to buy that. And it was like, no, not a guy that connected. Well, actually, a guy that like the fact that he's dead in that prison. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's a demonstration that everyone there is a clown troop. They don't know what they're doing. And then you, you can say that. But at the end of the day, you have to believe everyone there is totally inept instead of totally corrupt. 
Yeah. And it's and it's a huge Venn diagram of the both, and it's not supposed to be one. It's definitely not supposed to be corrupt. Right. So even if you're dealing with some inept people, man, what a perfect storm of I should have bought a lottery ticket. Yeah. I should have bought a lottery ticket. And While you're getting struck by lightning and a satellite falling on you. Right. <laughs> right. And, you know, like um, I said before, Jeff was going to die. Yeah. As soon as he was really, uh, as soon as this became a real problem, because not for the criminal trials, I'm, I'm almost certain, like I have, they don't talk about it, but the manner in which this dude was abducted, it looks like he was still running human, human operations, human compromise yeah. operations. So my understanding is when they got this guy, they went to his house and they took all of his things. Well, guess what? That's all the criminal shit that they needed. Yeah. So they don't need anything else. Now, all of the civil trials that he would be alive for, they didn't get OJ for murder. They got him for Yeah, this, on liability. the civil court. Yeah. That's why Jeff is deaf, dead because he's probably if he, he's probably 50 billion in liability. Billion. The yeah. people. Yep. At, at least. I mean, and yeah. Prince Andrew appears to be going. Like, man, if this is – if it's actually going to work. Like, dude, they've told billions of people. That they, they're connecting it all together for people on TV right now. Right. Jimmy Savile is is in orbit, right? Yeah. He's not at the heart of this, but it, you're not very far from Jimmy Savile. And Jimmy Savile was a savage, child raping hundreds of kids over the course of his life. Hundreds. Yeah. Where do you get hundreds? Anywhere that doesn't have a television. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's about as bad as it can get, and everybody's going to find out that the crime has been pretty much there for a long time, and some people won't kill a moose for an adrenal gland. They will kill a small child by raping it to death so that they are terrified and in pain. And that's, yep. Yeah, that's just that, that's the reality that we find ourselves in. It sounds like science fiction, but... You, know. you wish it was science fiction. Yeah. And, and, and listen, I'm starting to... Um, Everybody needs to get familiar with neurolinguistics. Oh, yeah. NLP? Yeah. Right. But there's more to it. You, you, these people are... These people are... Oh, God. I hate using this goddamn word. <laughs> Any technology that you and I do not possess or understand yeah. to us would appear to be magic. Yeah. Okay. Well, there are human beings who know how to rip apart another human and eat parts of them and get stoned and or adrenalized. Then, oh, Bernie, every time he's talking to you, sounds like he's sitting on grandpa's lap. Yeah. Yep. Well, he's doing that. He's doing the tonality. Whining children do the tonality. Yeah. And Warren Buffett also does the same thing when he's talking about the stock market. That's why he's always seen with an ice cream cone and... He's like, oh, I don't know. I just, you know, buy and sell and somehow I make money off of it. Right. Yeah. So giving people the impression. Well, a thousand years ago, I'm almost certain people called this white and black magic. And I hate that. Like, yeah. this is dumb that a politician might just be a magician. Yeah. Bull now, you can bullshit people. And that's kind of where I came back to all of this, like, nut. I was a military intelligence guy, and they never told me what psychological warfare was. Like, just a basic definition so I could look out for it and make sure that it doesn't happen yeah. to anybody. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. And it took, like, I was out of the military for years before some of these curiosities started killing me. And it's like, any deception, misperception, hallucination, or ignorance 
will yield some kind of state that I could just generally and loosely call psychological warfare. You will be not perceiving your own circumstances correctly for whatever reason. Yeah. That's it. It's such a loose thing that you wouldn't really call it warfare. But then you base a layer of uh, politics is warfare by other means. So you base this layer of actual doing harm to people somewhere between where they think it's working out fine for them because they can see and validate those results and then how they think the system works when they're not looking. Right. And you manipulate that. And that's it. And that's all that's going on. And it's all that's been going on for a long, long time. I wouldn't be surprised to find out, like, everybody's guess. I think the... Who was it? He works for um, BlackRock. He's really smart. Uh, Dan Moorhead. Yeah. So his number is there's yeah. 100 or 140 trillion. That's, that's not, it's somewhere in there worth of currency on the planet, you know, weighted in dollars. Yeah. What if Dan's wrong? Not because his numbers are off, but because what the federal government printed was a cycle of one for you and one that nobody knows about. So what if we were to really find that all of a sudden there was twice as much money? Yeah. We don't know this. We don't know this because all of these things are behind closed doors. So everybody is told it works a certain way. Then it's blatantly obvious that it doesn't. And at a certain point, we are the suckers for continuing to participate. Yeah. And that's where I'm at with all of this. It's we are the participatory morons now. Who's more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him? Well, we are the fools doing the following. And at that point, it's us. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It's us. So... Everything, everything, the whole book, the book is free. So everything goes down, downhill from there. So redirect as you. <laughs> yeah. Once, uh, people realize that Obi-Wan, uh, was a, uh, was a very wise guy. Uh, that's where that quote came from. The, the fool of the fool who follows him. Uh, and you can see this and just the way people and, uh, Pete Raymond and, most people, they you know, like to call them binary brains because they're either thinking Team Red or Team Blue, and that's that's the the arena that they find themselves in, even though the world is much bigger place than that. So, you know, the left is showing pictures of Trump with Jeffrey Epstein. Mm -hmm. uh, the right is showing the, all of the Clinton uh, stuff with Jeffrey Epstein, and you know, and both of them are kind of showing the Prince Andrew stuff because that's the that's the new hotness right now. And you just kind of say it's like okay. You're correct, and you're correct, but you, what you don't realize is you're you're all correct together. The, well, it, it's all just one big stinging pile of so crap. I'm not defending any particular side. Yeah. But here's the side I'm going to say. When you look at the Clinton activities, they all very much coincide with Jeffrey Epstein activities. Yeah. What was Jeffrey Epstein's job? Uh, facilitator. It was, he was Cozy up to rich people and get yeah. them hooked on crime. Get them, get them hooked in a human. Yeah, which is why all of his rooms were bugged and which had video why, cameras and everything. Which is why Donald Trump was targeted. Yeah. So there's lots of pictures with Jeffrey Epstein and Trump because that was Jeff's job. Yeah. Not there's lots of pictures because Jeff made sure there was fucking pictures. Do you understand? This is Jeff's job. Yeah. 
So Got to get there, get into the frame for whoever the photographer is to come and snap a picture real quick. Exactly. So now you start looking at all of Jeffrey Epstein's kids and all of them have Jeff's dick in them. Yeah. And then you look at Donald Trump's kids and you have three Fortune 500 upper, you know, people who have their own kids and intelligent lives and, and whatnot. Yeah. So you really can tell that this is not. And, and then you find out that long before everybody knew Jeffrey Epstein's name, Trump threw this guy out of his hotels for some bullshit. Yeah. So now, like, Trump's track record on this and results are so blatantly different. Yeah. That all I have to do, I'm not defending. Yeah. I'm pointing out that this is pretty blatantly obvious what it is. And everybody has to start looking at what it is and say, we are all being perceptively manipulated intentionally. Right. Intentionally. And I'm going to, now I'm going to point a finger and I'm not going to blame the Democrats. I'm not going to blame the socialists. I'm not going to blame the progressives. I'm going to blame the left. Yeah. Because the left media sources are the ones who keep pointing the cameras at this ignorant bullshit. Okay. Right. Greta Thunberg is the target of left camera audiences. And none of the progressives, none of the socialists, and none of the Democrats are walking away from these platforms that keep putting all of the ignorant progressive, like, so the progressives have ignorant people and then they have other people because they're sane people and they like to use the word progressive. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Brendan. Brent. Oh, I forget his name. He's got a British accent. Uh, is it one of the newscasters or oh no no he's he's a college professor Uh, i can't think of another but each one of the like the democrats like okay nancy pelosi is a feral retard like at this point who voted for that thing i'm almost certain that that she didn't get legit votes because (laughs) no that she's feral and insane but the demic she's a democrat she's not really a progressive you know what i mean She's right. not one of those people. She's a party-towing idiot of the Democratic Party. And then she's probably mobbed up in some of the crime. Yeah. So the left the left supports these media outlets that are blatant propaganda. Now, the right does this too, except to my knowledge, there's really only one right channel. It's Fox. So at a certain point, there's a right watering hole. And then there's a left panacea of bullshit it goes all the way from hollywood to the washington post right you know what i mean so at a certain point the left is consuming this news and they're kind of calling it objective or or it's something you know what i mean and i'm just saying by volume how are the how how are so many left-leaning sources funded when there's a singular right source and that's pretty much it yeah i don't get it yeah, uh, even like on uh, CNN, you know, they'll have that like SE Cup show, and that's like their interpretation of what somebody on the right should be. And you listen to her for any amount of time, and it's mostly leftist talking points, anyways. It's all done on a teleprompter. And I'm yeah. going to tell yeah. everyone if you get anything from a human with a teleprompter, stop listening to that human altogether. Yeah. And if that means Ron, Ron Paul's actually, he didn't, uh, oh, I've seen Ron Paul a couple times without a teleprompter. I think he's used it a couple times too, but. Yeah, I mean, you can see him with his note cards and that's probably just like bullet points of stuff that he wants I, to hit in I speech. will live with note cards. A yeah. teleprompter allow, um, man, 
difference between the note cards and the teleprompter is I can pay attention to my note cards and what I'm doing. And, but then you got to juggle a fourth one to, to, to start doing the, when it's time to vote, you got to do the fucking thing like Bernie. Yeah. Yeah, so it's always going to be that. But with that teleprompter, you don't have to fiddle with the fucking note cards anymore. So you're making it easier to be a bullshitter. Yeah. And all I'm saying is how many, if, oh, Michael Malice is a really good quote. It pisses people off. If he if, excels at that. So <laughs> if you need leadership, you're unfit to choose it. Yes, exactly. And, and there, I, anybody out there who thinks that's an insult, you have to understand it's an enterprise environment factor. If you right. don't under, you have to talk to a human being and find out that they know enough that you actually want to let them in charge. Right. And there, and to that end, you have to know enough about what you're about to attempt that this person can't bullshit you. Yeah. Otherwise, you're the de facto adult around here. Yeah. And that's really where we're all at. Everybody who's screaming at each other for politics, none of them know how to fix this. No, they, have, they haven't a faintest clue. Right. And, oh, man, if you want to do some really hard thought experiments and, and do them honestly, they get out of hand so fast that you run out of space on a whiteboard trying to graph it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, you'll end up with like a, a Venn diagram where you have best and worst case scenarios and then you have best and worst case information and you just overlap those ones. Right. And and then you, okay, now you've got this little four, four pattern of Venn diagrams interacting. Yeah. Now you can look at that from like 18 different ways. So you can really screw it. Oh, I'm sorry, 18 legit ways. There is an infinite number of ways you could dumb fuck through it. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of people try to, they miss their nuance. And if you think politics is hard, all you have to do is boil it down to methods. Yeah. Ask yourself, does this method produce the outcome that we're that we were sold in our eighth grade civics book? And as soon as you see that the cops are not obviously not officer friendly, yeah. You need to take a minute and say, what are they doing? Yeah. No. Especially with this recent case down in Florida where they just opened fire on a UPS truck, killing the the hostage that they were trying to save, allegedly. An innocent bystander, you know, who was just in his car on his way to work or on his way home from work. And, you know, there is a video today of that UPS truck on the back of a flatbed where they were taking it somewhere. And you got to see all of the bullet holes and the waterfall of blood on the steps. Yeah, Well, I saw all the bullet holes and I don't know who thought you can solve that problem with that way. But guess what? You're right. (laughs) You can solve it that way. Yeah. And, I, and I hope every single one of them goes home and finds a mirror. And I li- listen, those fucking human beings don't belong in that job. Period. No. Period. That required them to breathe and not escalate and move all those people out of there. there five minutes of moving innocent bystanders out of the way would have saved one life. Yeah. And then might have de-escalated that dude's fucking heart pounding for a few minutes and have a chit-chat with him. And instead... Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, at a certain point, I'll be honest, like there is only one reason that, well, God, Scott Israel, that the shooting where the cops didn't go into the school, there is one singular reason. Like at a certain point, I have to ask myself, what am I willing to do to solve this problem that I'm looking at? Right. And if at any point I'm talking about multi-state travel to commit murder. I should probably back that off a minute. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. 
I cannot assume security for the North American landmass just because somebody, and then I went like, God damn it. God damn it. They will pump that shit into my head too. Cause it doesn't matter who it is. It's, they're going to tell me about something that's going to infuriate me. Yeah. Me. And here I am sitting around looking for solutions. And I'm like, okay, if I lived in Broward County, I could justify this. And then I stopped thinking about it. I'm like, okay. Somebody in Broward County really needs to deal with Scott issue, Scott Israel, harshly. Yeah. <laughs> Very harshly <laughs> at the end. And now there's a, there's another bailiwick with a bunch of cops that need to do that. And there's a bunch of other bailiwicks. And you know what? It's not up to me. It's up to all the people who live around there. Yeah. And I want to give them courage. You have your cops surrounded <laughs> and outnumbered like a hundred to one on the low end. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, okay, no. Uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, yeah, most places are about 100 to 1. Like, it's, it's way tilted because most, we're not, cops are not infantrymen. Yeah. They're not supposed to be rolling around. But, but if you really think about it, that's what they're, they are. They're supposed to be infantrymen. And then everybody's been bullshitted into thinking that law enforcement and the rule of law are legitimate terms legitimate methods and anything other than 100% dumb. The rule of law is ruled by statute. Yeah. It's not laws. Gravity is a law. So when you start thinking that what a legislature does has the has the effect of something like gravity, mm -hmm. well there it is. But but it's not an accident. What what do you do when when they're uh when they're going to sentence you? What do you get? A gravity score. Okay? Yeah. So I'm going to say it out loud. The lawyers, some lawyers, they know neurolinguistics and they knew it a long time ago, like in the 50s. Yeah. And George Carlin noticed there's been a change in the language. Well, somewhere between the 50s and the 70s, all of these new terms and new laws were written <clears throat> and they started coming out with really deceptive terminology in all of it. Right. Really deceptive terminology. Again, like a gravity score. And I wrote some of this stuff. Go ahead. Yeah, so the, uh, the some of the language change, you know, it uh, was first uh, called nostalgia, uh, shell shock, uh, and then we finally landed on this term post-traumatic stress disorder, right. which we all have just now relegated to its acronym, PTSD. Right. You know, you know uh, I've got people in my family that have got PTSD. You know, they hear a door slam and, you know, you can see them jump and then they are on edge for the rest of the day. You know that it's not a it's not a great thing to live with, um, but to the average American person, now we're we're talking about well, they said something I disagree with. Now I got PTSD. It was like no, 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 no. Right. You're confusing a term here. Right. So I like to go right to the worst case scenario that that freaks everybody out, but then you have to you have to give the argument to me again, and that's they're fun arguments, right? Yeah. So any woman who accuses a man of rape. Yeah. The, now there's a bunch of women who got, but they should be believed. They're all screaming at the fucking right. No, 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 no. Listen, there are a bunch of rape survivors who deserve a hell of a lot better than some tawdry bitch taken lying about a man's reputation for her own catty bullshit. It's right. The, it's the pinnacle of white girl nonsense. There are uh, white girls with penises. There are white girls of color. It's basically yeah. somebody who knows how everything works while sitting at a Starbucks, you know, from the gentrified location on a yeah. safe continent. Yeah. They know how everything works. No. Dumb yeah. white girls. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I'm a victim of it too. You know, when I was in my early 20s, uh, you know, hooked up with a married woman and uh, she got caught by her husband. So she immediately had to come up with a story on the spot that didn't make it seem like she was getting onto the internet, which was, you know, kind of new for chat rooms and stuff, and found a guy from a different state to to come up and bone her for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, get the angry phone call from the husband. I was like, really? She was telling me that you guys were getting divorced soon. He's like, no, 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 no. We're not getting divorced. I was like, all right. Well, I'm just going to hang up the phone. Uh, you yeah. can deal with that. I don't think you know all of the things yet. <laughs> yeah, I think you're, oh, you're... I got that written right at the top. Everything you don't know is a secret. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so a lot of people have to really think what they think about the system. There were like um, there were times when I was taking a uh, like a Manning report. And yeah, somebody at a remote location would be telling me I have six people here. I know they have six people there. I dropped them off. Yeah, but that's because I dropped them off. I don't know that I got a radio report that six people are actually out there. Yeah, I know it because I dropped them off. So there's a big difference between I saw it on TV and that shit's actually real. So. I'm going to read something. This is The Art of War, Chapter 2, 13 and 14. Okay. And the context is, like, this is the, it's the ass end of that chapter, but it's, here's what happened if you screw this up. With the loss of substance and exhaustion of strength, the homes of the people will be stripped bare and three-tenths of their income will be dissipated. While government expenses for broken chariots, worn-out horses, breastplates and helmets, bows and arrows... Spears and shields, protective mantles, draught oxen, and heavy wagons will amount to four-tenths of its total revenue. Can anyone tell me that the art of war is not being practiced on the American people by turning on a shitty war machine that, that faces in this direction while they point the active war machine in another one? Yeah. Because even the, even the approximate numbers that this... I mean, this is an old book. How... Do, that's 2,500 years old or that, something like that? That's yeah. an interesting guess for such an old book on how this whole thing would look if you were running a warfare state poor. Now, now I know that sounds a little counterintuitive. You run the warfare state poorly yeah. to oppress your own people. You oppress your current enemy abroad with the people who will volunteer for the military because you have a good propaganda machine to demonize them. Right. And then you print the spread. Hmm. Almost certain that's what happened. Yeah, we'll just make up for the losses. Yeah, some other way. Yeah, well, they, they'll print the spread. Got to remember that the world has never fiat currencies throughout history. They all fail. Yeah, the world has never been on a global reserve. This is all an experiment of human. Like, I want everybody to think about that word experiment seriously. A lot of experiments blow up the first couple of times you try them. Yeah, That's, Thomas Edison, you know, I found 10,000 ways to not produce a light bulb because right. he had 10,000 failures. Right. So I understand, like, Milton Friedman would have told you that there were, like, I think there's enough of Milton Friedman's face on a camera telling you how economics works that when he tells you about monetary policy, he, he comes by that in earnest. I don't think he was some sort of, you know, deviant lunatic just trying, right. to, trying to give us the Yoda routine, right? Yes. I don't think it was that, but he would tell you there's a reason to use fiat currency to make your uh, prosperity, your, the level of prosperity will go, will work better because you will be able to facilitate a lot more activities with this 
you're going to generate this fake currency with very little energy. Right. But it will lubricate a lot of activity and will allow a lot of people to com- commit trade while you're not watching. Yeah. So the liquidity goes in, and it happens. The liquidity does all of the, the economy. Thousands of transactions that nobody's paying attention to because you're not in charge of everything. Yeah, it's all digital. It's just ones and zeros going through a pipe somewhere. Well, even if it wasn't ones and zeros going through a pipe, you could still say that this is dollars that are flowing around in the, out in the economy, and that's how the shit works. Even when nobody's looking, there's a, there's this vehicle there called currency, and there's trades going on that wouldn't have happened because it's there. Right. Well, then we export. You know, we came off the gold standard. And then they exported all the inflation for a couple of years. So the game continued. So nobody really knows how what the, I, I just I am not confident that the now, amount of dollars that is known in if if it's actually between 100 and 140 trillion, I'll be very impressed. Yeah. I'll be very impressed. I would probably expect to just start seeing we will all be told. Um I, I imagine where we all start figuring this out here soon and I don't understand why the crypto markets are here other than as a relief system for the failing system that we're looking at right now. That's what it looks like. So I think eventually this all gets passed around and everyone's like, oh, we're going to reach the fee, you know, the the end of the fiat, all of the end of the predicted fiat, you know, it's coming up within these next 90 days and then it's just going to keep running and everyone's going to go, holy shit, and crypto's going to go up again because, oh my God, there's more bullshit money than we thought. Because, you know, by volume, we'll be able to start seeing that money come from the digital systems into the crypto market. And there are people who do, you know, volumetrics and there are people who actually watch things that they know how the liquidity is working in certain things. Yeah. Um, I, I tried my hand at uh, at Forex trading there for a little bit and I was like, uh, yeah, there's just way too much information and you're not going to have perfect knowledge of all of this. And even the, the people who are successful at it... I, I, I mean, they live and breathe that stuff, and so if you're casually doing it like uh, for a couple hours every week, you're you're not going to be able to keep up with all of it. See, here's where I kind of did the crypto market in two, let's call it November, November of 2017. If you wanted money in the crypto market, you had to go through Bcash, yeah, Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum. That was it. Yeah. So those things had everybody else by the balls. So I was able to watch a lot of that stuff and it wasn't too bad. It's imperfect information, but at the same time, it's a bathtub. Mm -hmm. Crypto is a small world. Those are the entry points for the money. So you can watch the four major entry points in one screen and everybody else, whatever you're, okay. And I wasn't going dollar Bitcoin. I was no USD trades. I was all the whip works better. You push dollars into Bitcoin, you get the little ones to whip up a lot higher. Yeah. So I was watching all of that and the market has a structure. There's a bunch of projects that are knitted together. You know, all of the stuff on Ethereum and all the stuff on the Lightning Network play nice together. Yeah. Well, somebody built that interoperability in there. That's not an accident. No. So there's yeah. right. Every all of the coins, all of the shit coins also touch Bitcoin, but not all of the shit coins really touch an exchange where they're going to get a lot of volume through anything. Yeah, and even if you've got a bunch of altcoins or shitcoins, most of the time people are either going to sink it into Ethereum or Bitcoin or some, one of the major ones. They're, they're not holding on to it. Well, the CFTC admitted that they did something to the crypto market. And it was kind of vague. But if you watch the crypto market, you know what they did. 
you know, they admitted what happened about 18 months after all of this stuff. So you kind of really see what they did. Why did they do it? Yeah. And where I'm at is I was convinced that that market was going to go, that we were, that, that we were having the, the Berlin wall moment, the monetary Berlin wall moment. And we were watching Bitcoin go up and I'm like, oh, the monetary system is ripping and they're not putting it on television because that's how that works. They don't put it on television. Yeah. And then it didn't rip. And I'm like, okay, that was the first pump. So if you remember the tech bubble, you know, Amazon goes from a buck and a half to $110 and it goes back down to $750. Yeah. So I, I think we're down in that moment now where they blew all that money in and that shot up to like 19000 something. And then, and, but that's just Bitcoin. And I stay away from Bitcoin for a lot of reasons. And, and none of them are, I hate Bitcoin. It's eventually hash power is Muda. So it's real expensive to make Bitcoins for no reason. Right. There's a whole bunch of, like, there's just a whole bunch of reasons to not be near Bitcoin. It was the prototype. I don't understand the prime mover. I understand it's Coca-Cola branding. Beyond that, Bitcoin doesn't have scale. I know how to scale Bitcoin, but you have to make an individual decision to make your Bitcoins go fast. Yeah. You could take your Bitcoin and you can put it into WETH. It's wrapped Ethereum. So it's a smart contract where you dump your Bitcoin into and then it will poop out over into WETH. So you get a conversion rate of WETH. Uh, I think it's equivalent to ETH, but I'm not 100% sure. And then, okay, so you have the, the WETH. And then you could put WETH in a Spark wallet. Spark wallet is on, a Sys, is on the Syscoin network. So Syscoin has invaded Ethereum, and you can actually move stuff really fast through Syscoin. Right. So then you could put your WETH. But this is a pretty goddamn complicated process. And you're, then you're talking about having knowing all of those systems to make sure your money isn't going to disappear. Yeah. So at a certain point, just because it can be done doesn't mean it's user-friendly by anybody. And because Bitcoin has the inherent problems that it has, because it was a prototype and it couldn't have been built to know all of the things that it taught people, it just, you know. Yeah. Um, I think it's integrated into the Lightning Network just to ensure that it's going to go forward. But I think in a real world, that would have just died. Like, because a bunch of... 21 million coins will be mined between now and 2140. So everybody's waiting for the next 120 years for 3 million coins. Yeah. 4 million are lost after. So now you're down to about 14 million. There, there's no way. That right. system would never function for humans. Wouldn't. So I'm not hating on it at all. And I think it'll it'll be fine on Lightning. And there's there's some data stuff that goes on there too. Um, like you can write stuff on on to a Bitcoin node, and um, oh, I'd have to talk to Paul Snow again. He Paul Snow knows there's a, he runs Factum. There's yeah. a lot of really good reasons that Bitcoin like Bitcoin's really secure. Well, when you're going to blow extra money at hash power, then yeah, it'll be really secure. But trying to find that nice, happy medium where you get even better than Six Sigma worth of hash power, but then you're like, okay, now now the system doesn't try any harder. That yeah. that's also a good thing too. And you know, things are shaking out. And there's mo there's a lot of stuff shaking out. Syscoin is merge mined with Bitcoin, so if you don't get Bitcoin, you might get Sys. Like there's a there's a rotation and. There, there's people who have merged with other. It's it's a very interesting ecosystem. It's a good education, and people really need to start learning it. 
I don't know when this happens, but I knew no, I do know that it happens. Yeah. That's a downhill motion at this point. I'm just not sure when. And that's, you know, I don't know he's going to. Yeah. I kind of knew it was, um, it was going to go up and then come back down again when, you know, I was sitting there at Christmas dinner and people were at, you know, elderly people were asking me about Bitcoin. So what is Bitcoin? I was like, I was like, okay, well, it's essentially a very long, complicated math problem, and you're only solving just a little part of that math problem. And because you've solved that little part of the math problem, now you've got a Bitcoin address, which is that equation. And, you know, you can just see their eyes glaze over because it's not anything that they've ever heard before and everything else. And I was like, okay, yeah, you're just not going to get it. And then I was like, I'll bet you in a couple of weeks it's going to crash. And then, sure enough, got to like 19,000 something, and then it dipped all the way down again i was like okay yeah it got up to nineteen thousand, and then the cme futures opened and all of a sudden yeah and that and then it all of a sudden it comes out and they admitted this is what we did we did this i'm like okay yeah it's a definitely something that people really need to kind of learn how to do because if anything and it doesn't really matter what coin it's going to be it's the future of how people are going to trade with one another so there's levels of this. Yeah. Do you need to learn how to be a miner and run a node? No. No. Do you need... Everybody can go practice this. Uh, go to the Google Play Store, download a Coinomi wallet, C-O-I-N-O-M-I. You need to be able to make a Coinomi wallet work. It's not more complicated than a credit card, but a Coinomi wallet could hold a bunch of credit cards. Yeah. Each different coin functionally is a different credit card, but they all function the same way. All the credit cards function the same way. Yeah. So you can have different coins. They're basically different credit cards, except they're not credit. They're bearer assets. And that's where you have to make sure that you understand what derivatives are. It's dollar liquidity pretending to be something else. Well, a lot of these traders have convinced themselves that bearer assets have an inherent risk. And when you want to look... It's kind of that um, Ikea diagram. Again, if you want to pretend that we're all starting on step three and you want to call a bearer asset risk, when it comes time for settlement, what are you looking for? The goddamn bearer asset. Yeah. <laughs> so now there are so many systems that are sound and interconnected together that I'm looking at them and I'm asking myself a question. Of the total dollar liquidity, how many coins does it take to make all of these coins $1? And the answer is half a trillion dollars. Yeah. Uh, the backed platform. Now, I, I haven't added. Bitrix has a lot. Binance has a lot. The backed platform had, I want to say, 58 or 60, something like that. So I added them all up. There was a total number of 482 billion coins. So if you just assume that backed didn't put garbage on their platform. Right. There's a total of 482 billion. And I'm asking myself, why aren't every single one of these functionally $1 or more right now based on the total amount of fiat liquidity on this planet and based on the fact that these systems are functioning to where you could, you could buy your piece now and then just wait it out for a year or two? Yeah. And I can't answer that question other than we are way early. And that when I say way early, I think the CFTC knocked that market down because I'm looking at some of the scaling solutions only come online in the last 100 days, 90 days, 180, not yeah. many. So when you're talking about an 18 months, what ha what did the CFTC do 18 months ago versus what, what has happened in the last 90? 
when the scaling solutions all start showing up in the, uh, after July in this year, scaling solutions, several of them. Right. Oh, wait a minute. So maybe the fiat, maybe the fiat monetary system wasn't ready for it. Or I'm sorry, maybe the crypto, the crypto system wasn't ready for the load. So they blow a bunch of money into the crypto market and they Elliott wave the shit out of everybody and they Elliott wave the shit down to nothing and they continue to integrate the other systems together. And basically, who do you tell who they are? You look at who's on Bact, you look at who's on Coinbase, you look at who's on Binance, you look at who's on Bittrex, you look at who's on Abra. If they're on all five of those platforms, there's a good chance that that thing isn't stupid. Yeah. I mean, they would have had to bullshit how many business people to even get that platform listed on all of them. Yeah. Yeah. So you're probably safe in that one. Is it less than a dollar? Speculation, you're better off. Take $20 and go speculate on a coin for $20 worth just because you're it's worth speculation. Yeah. But, but if you can find one that's on all five of those, go get your hundo. Yeah. Basic attention token is taken at the Hiltons right now, but it, you know, nobody really knows that. And it and it's trading for like a quarter. So it, it's not any different. They're going to give you a USD value, and I understand why they're going to do that right now. But at a certain point when you're going to pay in bat, there has to be an incentive. And that's where I'm starting to see all of these fiat systems just um, the ECB is printing, the Fed is printing. And then uh, China turned blockchain loose internally. Yeah. And they were um, there were rumors of bank runs just before they did that. Several several Chinese banks had. had oh yeah, anyone who listens run. to Peter Schiff knows that the Chinese markets are all in trouble. They've they've got credit problems out the yin yang. Right. So because of that, I think the the blockchain systems that they're eating up in there. I think they're eating up that yuan liquidity. And that way, those systems can marry up to other ones. Like, none of us can buy those internal Chinese blockchains. None of us have ever heard of them. They're, yeah. So, because they're internal and nobody's really ever heard of them, they're not trading on all the exchanges. So, it, it's interesting. And there's, I understand why people look at the crypto market and they're like, those are too hard. Yeah. And I'm going to say, <sighs> It's maybe a little bit harder than learning Monopoly. It's not really hard. Most of what you have to, if you, when you think it's difficult, a lot of this stuff is high school level course. It's, then you can tell when there's harder things. Crypto is a high school level course to learn, but then finance is like another one. Yeah. That's it. And at a certain point, if you're not curious, you're not going to get through all of the courses that you would need to have a holistic understanding of any one of those things. For any one course, you're probably going to need 10 or 12 other courses to make sure that you understand that one. Yeah, just so you know everything backwards and forwards. and Right. So you have mastery of the one, but it's because you read the one and then you read the 12 after that. And now you have 12 other things to attach 12 other things to. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but eventually, believe it or not, you actually get to the bottom of a hole. Like I tracked a bunch of stuff. This, this boils down to economic issues, legal issues. Um political issues and then war issues well politics is fake <laughs> yeah so you as so, fake as anything well you well you have to understand that politics is the legal system because it's all run by a bunch of lawyers 
So then, well, yeah. then you look at economics and the law and war. War has strategies and it has laws. Mm-hmm. Economics has theories and it has laws. The law has statutes. That's it. Yeah. So when you start looking at, okay, I start off what I think I have are four things. What I actually have are statutes which are trying to violate laws for military. Military law is Rube Goldberg. Yeah, it's a... The machine. Yeah, it's a spaghetti. You cannot take a statute and violate how a machine works with it. So that's what, you know, military science is actually a science and it is the art of getting your entire logistical matrix together to make something happen. Mm -hmm. Economics is fundamentally the same thing, except you don't, you have a budget, you have to do all those things and it's inherently, you know, fundamentally not a military activity. Economic laws don't necessarily apply to warfare because there's no monetary exchange. The exchanges are different. Yeah. (laughs) Let's just say it. (laughs) Vastly. <laughs> yeah, what you're arbitraging is entirely different. Yeah. But that's what you want. You really do want, in a wartime, you want to arbitrage. You want risk-free trades. I can drop ordinance on those people over there. They can't reach us from here. We are not going to die today. Is that cold and callous? Yes. Yeah. Do you think you, uh, do you think Sergeant Gebert should take that guy that you think is cool in the military and drag him out in the middle of nowhere and get him killed based on fair fight rules? No. Fuck the Marquis of Queen Mary. I don't give a shit. <laughs> We're not doing that. <laughs> and good. We've uh, referenced the uh, the Marquis de Queensberry uh, <laughs> rules there, so that's that's nice. <laughs> that was one of those ones that the uh, that my dad taught us about. It was like, hey, we're not we're not fighting, but I was like, the, who the what now? <laughs> I was like, hey, you got to fight fair. I was like, no fight is fair, and it shouldn't be. <laughs> I, listen, I am absolutely convinced that our great grandparents were propagandized straight up hard. Oh, it's but terrible it, how much <laughs> stuff if you go read some old textbooks on just history and they get uh, fed a line of bowl that they that they all still believe to this day. And then they gave it to their grandparents. And the only thing that has fundamentally changed in the propaganda for the last 75 or 80 years is the stuff that's obviously not that. Yeah. Okay, well, at a certain point, does it all have to be obvious? And and here's where I go with that. You don't have to be a cultural heretic, but you have to stop giving shit to the cultural heretics because it's turning out that they're right. Yeah. Alex, Alex Jones was talking about Jeffrey Epstein 10 years ago. How many victims in the last decade? How many? Yeah. How many? But everybody wanted to shit on Alex Jones. And he's, a, yep, he gets a little animated. And does he talk about other things that are that sound like batshit? Yes, he does. But guess what? The minute he said that, everybody said he was batshit for Jeffrey Epstein. So there's a whole big rabbit hole of Alex Jones stuff that everybody might have to revisit and they don't want to. Okay, don't revisit them. Go to Joe Rogan. Yeah. And go look at all of the episodes with Graham Hancock in them. Yeah, and I've I've been reading Graham Hancock for gosh since nineteen ninety eight, ninety seven, something like that. So Bimini Road and that other um, Fingerprints um, of the Gods was like one of my first books that I got for him. What's yeah. the name of the one civilization that's wet off the west coast of Australia and south of India, but it's underwater? So it's like Bimini Road, but it's out, it's over there. Oh man, uh, that's right on the tip of my tongue too. Um, 
Okay. A bunch of like megalith structures that are like underwater. Yeah, underwater. Okay. Yeah. So it is blatantly that stuff is there. So it's there and it's 40 feet underwater and it's obvious that people used to live there. Mm-hmm. So if anybody wants to say all of these things in our past are according to the chronology that we understand, you're just dumb. Yeah. You're dumb. You're, you're well, dumb. like Hancock says, we're a species with amnesia. It, it's not amnesia. When you're looking at, you know, we, we have to look at, the, we were told that the pyramids were 5,000 years old. Okay. Yeah. That's a lie. We don't have to pretend anymore. That number is absolutely incorrect, except how do we know that? We do, we don't know it because we know the age. We know it because 5,000 years ago, no one could have put slave labor to work and to create those things. It's not possible. You cannot lift those things. You cannot lift a hundred tons of stone, even if you have a million slaves. You cannot get two million hands on that block. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So there's really no way to do these things with slave labor, with the level of delicate, um, there's a little delicacy to actually moving a large stone because if you drop it even a little bit, you might crack it. So for as big as it is, it, it might be delicate and then it's laid very precisely. So at a certain point, these, there is technology we don't know about, and we're going to find out. It's all coming out of Black Projects now, and it's slowly been coming out. We're being informed one technology release at a time, and that is, seems to be lo- – something's losing. Yeah. Well, I, we have all been very propagandized, and we're going to find out what the go- – now, the government didn't – I don't think there were spaceships. You know, I don't think there was any serious Black Projects in the 30s. Black projects in the 30s would be people going to kill other people that nobody knew about. It wouldn't be somebody... There were no secret aircraft carriers in the 30s. They didn't arrive until, you know, the mid-40s. Oh, what's that? It's a mid-roll read. Chessman here. They told me to find the free man beyond the wall. I think it's too cold. Check him out. All your pod catchers. <laughs> so at a certain point, we can make intelligent brackets of what... Like a secret weapons project for the 1930s would be like trying to put armor on a truck. And then see if they could attach a gun to it. Something like that. Yeah. You know, the Manhattan Project was a secret. Yeah. So, and I don't even think that started until after 1940. Yeah, that was in the 1940s. Yeah. So, at a certain point, we can kind of bracket when certain things were possible. But in the early 80s, you started seeing stealth aircraft. Yeah, all that that stuff was kind of trickling out. Um, We lived in Reno, Nevada um, in the 1980s. Uh, our summer vacations would be to go down to Vegas because they had this event called hot August nights where they would get like the old street rods and they would shut down the main strip to have like this parade of like old cars. Very cool thing. But going down there, you would see shit in that sky at night Mm -hmm. that would defy all kinds of expectations. Uh, the first exposure that we had to the Marine Harrier jet, was in Nevada. We saw it take off vertically from behind a, a hill mm-hmm. and then fly straight out. We were like, what? 
was that. <laughs> and, you know, because the Harrier jet had been around since the 1970s and everything, but that wasn't on the news at all. Right. Right. And you start thinking, remember, when there, were, when there was ABC and NBC and CBS, I want you to remember something and nobody wants to hear it. Yeah. Everybody was getting propagandized about as oh, yeah. hard as you can get with reality, with reality actually functioning. Yeah. A Dan Rather knew Dan Rather, I'm sorry. They all work for the CIA. Dan yeah. Rather, Tom Brokaw. Yeah, I talked about this with Monica Perez. It's like Project Mockingbird may have closed its books, but another project got opened up that was probably exactly the same. It's just not called Project Mockingbird anymore. You know what? I don't think it's Mockingbird anymore. I think Mockingbird is done because it did its job. What was the goal? Everybody would, everything, everybody knew would be false. Yeah. And that was the goal. And then it would be done. And then it's more like a maintenance of everyone is thoroughly propagandized. So now what happens is we know what the real operations are and no one else does. And then we tell everybody how shit works. Yeah. And they follow certain rules and then we just go where the rules don't. And they never, the other, the normie humans never see us. They will go home and watch Leave It to Fucking Beaver and they'll think that's how it works. When in reality, there will be murdering, raping, all of the horrors that you're seeing from Jeffrey Epstein. That shit went on in the 50s. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, don't change your, yeah, leave, it's a, leave it to Beaver notions too. Yeah. Uh, there was a the guy who used to run the International Forecaster um, newsletter. Uh, he was even talking about, yeah, you know, we would watch homosexual stag films starring Ronald Reagan. <laughs> and he was like, they, they had him so, uh, so tied up and all that stuff because they didn't want all that stuff getting out for his presidential or his governor run in the 1960s for California. And, and that's where you see, <laughs> like, so Reagan wasn't, you know, the forward the forward thinking of that wasn't a bad guy. Yeah. So, like, but then you see some of the stuff went on, and it was kind of the... Basically, the CIA kind of ran the show. Yeah. And here's where I come down on this. There's one guy that is documented by the Warren Commission that doesn't know where he was when JFK was shot. You know who it was? Yeah, George W. Bush, probably. George Herbert Walker fucking yeah. Bush. So at a certain point, the only guy on God's green earth who doesn't know where he was when JFK was shot suddenly becomes the director of the CIA, and then, yeah, and then even the vice presidential, and then uh, yeah, he was like, "Well, I was in Tyler, Texas when that happened, and I got a phone call." I was like, "Well, except at that same time, somebody by the name of George Bush was picking up his body and signed for it on a piece of paper." George Bush of the CIA. That that was actually the uh, the thing. So at a certain point, we have all been thoroughly. Oh yeah, and it, and the quicker everybody just finds a mirror and pushes the reset button and says, "My, what I refer to as an education between the ages of five and 18. education and heavy air quotes, yeah. the heaviest, the heaviest of air quotes, <laughs> right? So yeah, that's it. We got lied to. We were told the system works in a way it doesn't. Now we get to adult through it." I, we're we're in about the most roundabout fucking direct republic fucking talk I've ever had. I think <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't care, but yeah, I get I get yelled at for being too roundabout and like you know sometimes it, it's a long strange path about you know a conversation between two people goes the way it goes. Yeah, the book goes the way it goes. So at a certain point, it's the book is for people 
the, the book is really for somebody who's looking for a solution, kind of knows how. Right. And I kind of want, like, the goal is to give it to somebody and then they don't ever need me again. Yeah. That's the goal. But if people, and it's really more learning how newer systems work. It's not so much learning. If you argue with me that a legislature cannot be decentralized, you are just incorrect. And if you think it's, I'm not correct, you have to start explaining, like, why is Mark Zuckerberg's Libra project a problem at all? And until you can do that, you, yeah. you are not ready for the conversation where we're all, yes, this is weird. Um, <clears throat> there was a guy on Joe Rogan and he had figured out he was a mushroom guy. Oh, uh, Paul Stamets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. literally he's wearing this hat made of mushrooms and shit. He's like, are you, he's like, are you shitting me? No one else thought that fungus helps bees? Really? Yeah. Really? Nope. There it is. He's like, yep. So Paul Stamets figured that out. And I'm like, yep, this is weird now. I figured out something else. And, and, and there's not any arguing this anymore. It's, it just has to be, do you understand that the Constitution has an inherent flaw? I only have to find one. Yeah. And it's Article 1, Section 8. Yeah. And that's it. Like, as you've said before, that's straight up Marxism. It's straight up Marxism. Before Marxism, and, Marx was even around. And that's right. And, and, that's, and that's really a confusing thing because you're talking about philosophies and mechanics yeah. From times that none of us were born, you know what I mean? Yeah, none of us were born into that shit. So because it's Marxism, it's going to fail, and Marxism fails because it doesn't have a feedback mechanism. Yeah. When you tax, you don't find out if you did it right. You find out if it worked. Yeah. <laughs> if it worked, you kind of made it happen on that budget, but that budget wasn't necessarily sound for that activity. Yeah, so you, exactly. You, you may have just thrown money at the problem. You don't necessarily know. So if you got a positive, if, if you tried to make a nuclear weapon and at the end you had a nuclear weapon, whatever it cost, at least the fucking thing worked. Yeah. But then you get a bunch of government problems where at the end the thing doesn't work. And at that point you're hoping it's a nuclear weapon and you're hoping they finally threw some money at a failure that you wanted to failure. Right. And no. No, you know, all of the horrible fucking shit gets funded all the way out until the lights are on and then some people go to jail and then we pretend it was an accident and then we pretend. Oh, it's like the uh, the Bradley fighting vehicle, you know, it was like a, over a billion dollars in development of a of a stealth tank that's not very stealthy. It was supposed to carry, a, a, you know, up to a certain amount of soldiers, which doesn't really carry all that much. It's uh, <laughs> uh, They had a great movie about it. It was called The Pentagon Wars on HBO. It was uh, right. fantastic. Yeah. It actually, if they had actually, like, I don't know. There's arguments for both, but have you ever seen it in Israeli Merkava? Uh, I think it, yeah, it's pretty similar. It, it's a... It's a tank and a Bradley mixed together. So yeah. it's a tank with a troop compartment in the back. And this is a pretty good idea because a lot of people don't understand tanks need infantry cover in a lot of cases. Yeah. So this is a pretty good idea. And I've been in a Brad and a Brad isn't a bad idea either. And I've been in an M1. And then I realized all of them are a bad idea. They're a couple million dollars a piece. The weapon system that kills them is only $40,000 a piece. The, the RPG 11 or whatever. Yeah. Oh, I was, no, I was literally, no, I'm going way higher than that. I was thinking Hellfire missiles. Oh, Hellfire, yeah. And our, our, uh, vehicles are a little thicker. They're bigger. They're, they're physic. If you look at Russian tanks, 
Yeah, T62s get, and stuff, yeah. Well, then well, you start looking at RPGs that they build, and the RPGs that they build will kill their own tanks. Yeah. Smaller vehicles. Well, now, that was a long time ago. When you look at the size of a T-55 and you look at the size of a T-80, the Russians definitely learned that their tanks had to get bigger. But they still didn't get as big as an M1. Right. The big one, the M1 also adapts to reactive armor. So you can hang a couple of extra tons of stuff on it and you get more life out of these tanks. So, too expensive for the reason, oh, the reason the Russians lost in Afghanistan is because you get, you give these guys Stinger missiles that are $35,000 a piece and every time they get a hit, it's a $15 million aircraft. Yeah. Well, when you're going to change, when you're going to, now I'm talking about $30,000 missiles and it's, it's only a million dollar tank. That's, oh man, 30000 to a million is getting a lot of, you know, literal bang for your buck. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And you literally, you're arbitrage. You're, you're going to conduct warfare with someone else. You're going to have a budget. Just like I read from Sun Tzu, you're going to have a budget. So if you're attacking the war chest of your opponent by saying, I will only kill the most expensive parts of your military just to make you hate your life. Okay, you better accomplish your mission because you already know the first thing it's going to cost you is the most expensive part of your fucking military. So, I mean, the whole part of, of military operations is the word no. Yeah. No. By any means, no. We're there now. Any means. And we need to not be there. We definitely don't need to be there here in America. But everybody really needs to start understanding that every time a politician makes a promise... That that money comes from somewhere. Yep. And a lot of people think it grows on trees, and it doesn't. But we're all going to find that out because I don't know how this monetary issue is coming. That the normies are talking about monetary reset, monetary. They're using words like reset and collapse. I just said fiat apocalypse because I like fucking with words. <laughs> yeah. But it's fiat. It's not just the dollar. It's fiat. It's not going to be the dollar. The dollar goes down, but the euro lives. No, the, not, the euro will go down too because it's also a centrally planned economy, and they all fail. Right, they're, and they're well, they're all there now. They yeah. have all bull. Um, the internet actually fucked a bunch of stuff up. You know, the way stuff had had gone for thousands of years, where there are groups of people who understand scaling, they understand how bottlenecking to, information down, and now that bottleneck is removed. So. Right, they bottleneck it, but well, at the what do they do at the bottleneck? Propagandize at the bottleneck. Uh, oh, put man. a filter right there. Yep. Yeah, super effective, super effective. Three channels worth of. I mean, we say it's ABC, CBS, and NBC, and there was three channels for everybody to watch. No, everybody needs to take a fucking minute with that. There were three channels on Earth. Yeah, right. I don't. There wasn't. I don't think they started TV in Europe until after that. So that's a lot, man. It's yeah. the only thing on TV. It must be real. Like, oh man, oh. Could have asked for a for a better for a better tool. Right. This is like, oh, I'm gonna beam this straight into their house, and it's got moving pictures. Uh, you know what I found interesting? <laughs> Walt Disney was in the army, and he um, hung his dishonorable discharge on the wall behind his desk. Yeah. And I'm like, no, man, that's an interesting statement to make. In a time where people committed suicide over that kind of stuff. Right. Committed suicide if they were 4F and they couldn't go to World War II. And then I was looking at all of the, all of his work. And I'm like, you know what? All of this stuff is to make you think. All the Disney cartoons do is they make you think about things in an abstract way. 
And I'll be honest, like, this is just an unfounded claim. Yeah. I think he knew. I think he knew. And Disneyland is all about blowing people's mind right out of what they would consider possible. Yeah. I'm wrong with that, but there seems to be a pride of the dishonorable discharge behind it. And then, uh, you know, you might not be able to talk about certain things when you get out. You will be prosecuted. It's The juice isn't worth the squeeze so on saying certain things. It's just not. Yeah. And every now and then you get that one guy who's just like, fuck it, I'm going to die of cancer in five years. I might as well just come out with everything. I'm real curious what's going to go on with ABC because it was obvious that this – so there was a reporter who turned in a story several it's, uh, years Amy ago. Amy Rohrbach or whatever it was. Okay. Yeah. My yeah. question is based on what she's te- – like what she said. And she even said in her little little rant was, I had Clinton. You know, But she didn't say Hillary or Bill. But my, but my question <laughs> is – Oh, I think it was Bill. Yeah. But my question is, why wasn't she taking that immediately to cops? Yeah. Some kind. Why? Why is it? it why? Why did she not in a minute go, man? If I, I understand leverage. protecting your source leverage. But, no, no yeah. leverage to get your 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 thing published. Yeah. It's if you can't get this done, this published where. In ABC, where do you take it to? Because apparently the person she's getting it from has a real security problem and you have to deal with it. Yeah. Well, that was three years ago. Why didn't that happen? Why didn't that reporter at least have enough common sense of leverage to say they don't want to, they want to shake hand my story? All right, Virginia, nope, no Virginia problem. honey, this yeah. is what you're going to do. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to beg, we're going to bend the bosses over by throwing the balloon up somewhere. Yeah. And then finding a way to cause an incident. And there, there's kind of always a way to Rube Goldberg some news into something, even if you got to light a building on fire. Yeah. There's a woman named Virginia Roberts, and she has climbed a billboard. You know, like anything, yeah. <laughs> anything at a certain point gets the right attention. So you just have to get a little creative with it. And I think that somebody who is really trying to help this woman out, I, I'm not being accusatorial. At a certain point, you ask, is this the last one? Who's looking for immunity? Is she the one? Is she the last person now? Who the cop? Is she the first person the cops are going to want to talk to when this goes wrong? And is she trying to say I was trying to, you know, I was doing the right thing all along? And is she looking for immunity, or is she? Yeah. Or was she just genuinely? She thought she was boxed out, and I don't know. Never can tell. I mean, I don't, I don't spend any time in somebody else's head. As as much as that would be wonderful to know what somebody else was actually thinking, but uh, you could definitely tell what ABC is all about, though. Oh yeah, because yeah. they fired the guy who released the shit. Yeah. So now you know, like, man, it's and not even sure if that was the actual person who released it. It was just the last person to pull it up. Two, two, two people from Alphabet, right? Yeah. Or this week, man, there seems to be a lot of rich people and CEOs just wandering off into the into the farm that all of our pets go to. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it seems to be. A lot, awful lot of interesting movement in that sector, like. Yeah, the um, an alphabet is the uh, parent company of Google. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a uh, that's a real big deep dive on that one because real that, interesting timing on that. Now that they're yeah. accused of manipulating um, search results, search. well, just what you're seeing on YouTube and everything else. Uh, ele- election ads. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Robert Epstein. Doctor Robert Epstein. Might be. He 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 did some data science that basically like. 
the thing about Google is you can go data, uh, data mine it yourself if you know how. So I think he had a team of people go and pull stuff right from Google, you know, the openly um, accessible parts. Try to get their own analytics and everything. Right. And I think he came up with a bunch of like, look what they're doing. They're doing all of this on purpose. They're manipulating. And I think he said 2 to 10 million or 2 to 11 million, something like that. That's how... It is it is estimated the low end of the manipulation at about two million people for Hillary. Yeah. Well, we even saw that with the uh, the Clinton picture with one of Epstein's girls. Like, if you tried searching Clinton Epstein, mm-hmm. they would redirect to some kind of Trump Epstein story in the news feed. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. So you would so. have to like go like several pages deep to find that one picture of Bill Clinton and uh, one of the girls. Yep. But if you go to some of the other search engines, it, that's the first result that comes up. Right. So it, don't be surprised. And here's another weird thing, mate, right? The Brave browser is forward compatible from Chrome. Yeah. So the crypto browser looks like it's forward replaceable from the company that's been data manipulating. Man, the fucking coincidences are bounding. Up. They're, just, they're just mounting up at a certain point. Yeah. You got a dead Epstein. Did you see Patrick Byrne? Uh, that's the former CEO of Overstock. Yeah. Uh, wasn't he involved with like the Marina Butina thing? He got on Fox Business and told everyone that Peter Strzok got him involved in espionage. Yeah, they they were trying to honeypot him with Marina Butina. I think was the story. Well, no, they got no. I don't know what they honeypot. They got they got him involved in some way. Yeah. And I don't know what it was. He wasn't specific about what it was, but it basically, he, he admitted that Peter Strzok got me involved. And I'm like, that was live television. Yeah. So that's either slander or he already knows that he's been given the green light and the thumbs up that he could talk about this. And it, okay. So all of this other stuff seems to be shit that's shifting behind the scenes. Yeah, I don't think these. Uh, now they started talking about Peter Strzok's girlfriend. So Lisa Page is was uh, was it early this week or last week? Let's see. Might have been last week. I remember saying something about it. Yeah. So so you see how the, you know you can see that it's the wheels of justice moving slow. It looks an awful lot like the propaganda machine is not putting out information because other things are happening. Yeah. And then you get a flurry of activity where some shit will come out, and then there you know we've been just the news has been information poor for like. A month and a half now, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. I'm like, okay, Pat Byrne already reported on Peter Strzok going to jail. Yeah. He already told me about it. So what's where's this next shoe to drop here? I'm waiting. Billion dollars of coke on a J.P. Morgan Chase boat. Yeah. Um, who yeah. else? Is, who, like, who didn't see that one coming? Yeah. Oh, it's Yeah, but... Okay, so now you got J.P. Morgan, and then you got Facebook, and then you got Google, and then you got Twitter, and... It looks very much like at a certain point, Trump is pulling these people out. And are they being uh, advertised as anything else? I don't know. But Peter Strzok hasn't been seen around for a while. Haven't seen that face. And Pat Byrne already snitched him out. And then Google, two Google CEOs disappear. I don't know. Two two CEOs or the CEO and someone. So they disappear. Yeah, they're they're going. All I the think same. I remember seeing it was like a CEO and then uh, maybe somebody else who was kind of higher up. Right. Um. I'd have to pull up that old news story again because that was one of those where I just kind of saw it in passing and was like, oh, that's kind of strange. I'll come back and read it and then just. <laughs> have you noticed that the Southern District of New York seems to be like Mordor? Yeah. 
Like everything, Hillary's server was there. Yeah. That's where Hillary moved to uh, run for Senate. Yeah. That's where Anthony Weiner was, lo and behold, with... You know, 15-year-olds and taking naked pictures with his little child right next to him on his bed. I, um, yeah. The Iraqi financial bullshit. There, there was some sort of strange jurisdiction where only New York and, and Iraq applied. I think there was another one for New York and North Korea. Yeah. If you ask questions about all of the, the crypto shit, New York State gives out a bit license. And no one can answer me some questions about that. Like, why the fuck does anyone care? Yeah. There's 50 states. One of them issues a bit license. Why the fuck does anybody care? And the answer is that I have found so far that nobody knows how the bit license works because they seem to think that because New York State issues a bit license that all of the U.S. companies need one to operate there. And I'm like... Well, I know Wall Street is there. Yeah. But almost every Wall Street company has a shell company set up in fucking Delaware. So how is any of this relevant or germane? And the answer is it fucking isn't. Yeah. Okay. These are people who, like, at a certain point, you have to look at our news in Toto and say, I understand that one story is bullshit. And I understand that this story is bullshit. But when you start tracing this shit back to how it all works, all of it is bullshit. Yeah. All of this stuff. I haven't watched standard news. Holy shit. I'm probably three years. Yeah. You're going to have to get your information somewhere else. Or you're going to have to look at a lot of the mainstream news and kind of figure, okay, maybe the truth is somewhere in between. But even that's sketchy at best. Well, some of these are recreational, but I have 400 YouTube channels that I keep an eye on. Like, so my new my daily news feed on YouTube is just things in certain sectors. There's a lot of people doing pretty good work. Yeah. And they just put it on the internet. Uh, Wall Street for Main Street is one. Real Vision is mm-hmm. another one. And you can just go watch these two. They'll just teach you stuff. Teach you stuff. And some of those tinfoil hats have Jiffy Pop in them. Yeah. And... When you're not on a diet of normal news, it's very easy to keep up with normal news. Yeah. Most people are emotionally involved with the day-to-day 24-hour news cycle. They're not actually looking for just germane information and they can't figure it out. You know, at a certain point, this becomes a task where an old military intelligence guy has to fucking do it. It's not <laughs> at a certain like I, I don't, I don't like I don't give a lot of sympathy to people. I'm like, listen, this is your life. So if you're not paying attention and somebody fucks you, why all of a sudden does society have to cover down for you because you're not paying attention? Right. And, and then you look at the whole system. It's designed to make people children longer so that they don't understand longer about everything longer so that they don't grow up and take charge of their own life because someone else is making a pension off of you not doing that. Yeah, and I actually just talked about this on my last episode um, about infantilizing teenagers. You know, because everywhere else in the world, you've gone through puberty. You're now considered an adult. You're supposed to be doing things for yourself. Right. And in this country, we have a bad problem of someone who's like 15, 16 years old, and you want to talk to them like they're nine. It's like, oh, well, Timmy, you don't want to do that. And then not explain it. It was like like with my 11-year-old and my 3-year-old, I talk to them like they're people. 
first and foremost. Right. And if they need something explained to them, I don't mind explaining it to them. It, I'm kind of hoping that by the time they're 16, they're kind of with it enough to start making decisions on their own. But it, they know that if they need my help or my wife's help or whatever, that they can say, yeah, I, I've, I don't understand this. Explain it to me. Um, Jonathan Haidt is... Excellent. Yep. Excellent source. Yeah. That's the guy. Anti-fragile. Humans are designed to be anti-fragile and you cannot be baby. Yeah. And that... Can't coddle them. Well, listen, everything about American society is babying. It's Well, you could say it's babying, but I, I would like to mix two things together. Authoritarianism and neurolinguistics. You're being pacified. Right. Area pacification with the sound of someone else's voice. Mm-hmm. All of you behave in this manner and everything will be okay. If you listen to that, that's fine. But when there's a very rational reason to not do that, that doesn't help. Yeah. But some people will do it. But then some people are doing it, some people aren't. And then other people will argue, well, you should be doing it. So now one guy, it's not yelling fire in a movie theater. It's yelling, everybody come over here. I need help. Yeah. And anyone who doesn't go is a de facto asshole anymore. When all of a sudden it wasn't help. They were drawing you in. They were drawing you in. It was an ambush and they drew you in. So the yeah. suckers go and you never know. You really don't know because that's why I think that's definitely why we need to segregate. It's not segregate by anything. It's not, it's an administrative migration. Oh, Jesus, we're, we're going here for an hour and a half there and talk about the book. I don't, <laughs> it's a free book, so I'm not plugging it. It's yeah. just go, go, go get it and figure yeah, it out. Yeah, go get it and look at it. Right. But if, if the Republicans and the Democrats just had separate funding buckets, what would happen to politics tomorrow? Just that. How much fighting would immediately evaporate if they had separate funding buckets and they had to spend it on their own accord? Yeah. Who would lose their jobs? Oh, it's going to, it's going to be all the low level people. No, no, listen. What about Rush Limbaugh? Like, I'm not hating on the guy. I'm saying, what happens to Rush Limbaugh when there is no politics to talk about anymore? There's a whole guy. That, what about Glenn Beck? Yeah. What, what about Tom Woods? What about all of these people whose fundamental um, presence and income stream revolves around the fuckery that is politics? What happens when that eyesore isn't there anymore? So there's a whole economy filled with middlemen and... We really are kind of heading into post-politics. Like, I'm just doing as much as I can. To, I like the post-politics idea. I like apolitical. A yeah. A, I like apolitical solutions because they work. They don't have anyone's... It's a solution for a problem. And if you don't like it, fine. Find another solution. But you don't get to argue that this isn't a solution. And that's... That's what, what really matters is when yeah. someone is coming to you and they said, look, this is the Ikea diagram. If you don't do this correctly, it won't work. But if you follow the instructions, it'll be fine. That There's an educational factor there. And then there's the fear factor of everybody seems to think without the Constitution, we all eat each other. Yeah, that's... But, but <laughs> then you have pedivores. So yeah. it's like, oh my God, there's pedivores. Well, guess what? When you get when you have all the laws, you know, ten thousand laws, you still get human beings killing and raping and eating children. Okay, so the laws didn't help. Yeah, it's ink on paper. Yep. It's not going to physically stop anybody. Yep. <laughs> so when I when I say we should burn all the laws and fire all the lawyers, it's it's not that difficult because they're not really helping anyway. 
Right. And, and we can, you know, even get into the gun control debate. I was like, at the, at the end of the day, it's just ink on paper. It's not going to physically stop anyone bad from doing a bad thing to another human being. Oh, I'll get into the last gun control debate for anyone who thinks they know anything about it. We're going to make a generous assumption, and that is when you add up all the military people and all the cops and everyone who works for every government on this continent, yeah, you're going to get about, right down to the secretaries, you're going to get about 10 million people. There are 300 and, we're just going to say 310 million for nice even numbers. Yep. They're outnumbered. They're outnumbered 30 to 1. Right. But then... We have to look at the group of people, that 10 million people that are supposed to attack 30 to 1, because the way you attack is five on one. So there's yeah. five people on offense for one on defense. These people are looking at going one person on offense for every 30 on defense. Okay, but it's not one. Okay, of that 10 million, I added the secretaries. I added everybody who works at the DMV in there. They're not going door to door to take guns, even if they knew how they're not going. Right. So then let's boil this down to just cops and military, and we're going to round all the way up, and we're going to give it $5 million. We're going to round it all the way up. 90% of the military is not fucking going. Okay? They yeah. are straight up going to refuse orders, and here's why. Because every military unit is from everywhere. We don't have a New York unit that will invade Louisiana and take their guns. Louisiana people take them. Nope. Everybody is everywhere and nobody is going to do that. But I'm going to give you 10% of those military people and I'm going to say that they were half. I'm going to say 2.5 million cops and 2.5 yeah, million. Yeah, you're always going to find someone dumb enough to do it. I'm round. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to say isolated. Yeah. There, um, there were some Louisiana guard units that appear to have confiscated guns during Katrina. Yes. And I don't know the circumstances of it, so I'm not going to run my mouth about it. But. Um, there, you know, during looting and shit like that, there were, there was looting. And uh, so I, during chaos like that, there are people who take advantage and I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. We're going to say you got 2.5 million military people, but only 250,000 of them showed up because they're in the wrong place. Then you got 2.5 million cops. I'm going to give you 90% of them. So you're getting two and a half million people against... Seven and a half million. Which seven and a half million? Yeah. Well, the two and a half million just fired the cops in the military. Those those people are going to be fighting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And they will be taking shit along the way. Yeah. Right. So now <laughs> yeah. you got all, basically all of the adult carnivores are now going to turn around to prevent the people that you think is going to make this happen. They're going to turn around and they're going to stop them. And they're going to have a shit ton of help. Okay. Yeah. If if you think guns are a problem, right. you ain't seen nothing until like tanks and helicopters start going missing from supply somewhere. <laughs> but even well, you have to remember they're not going anywhere. The people who run the tanks, yeah, going nowhere. Yeah, they're just not going to show up to work. Yeah. Right. No, they're going to show up to work, and they're not letting anybody else take the tank either. Yeah. Like, true. It's not yeah. happening. So at a certain point, we all have to ask ourselves some serious questions. Is the gun control debate how you get a retard to scream as loud as they can? And the answer is yes. Yes, David Hogg is a prime example of that. Right. So, And here's another thing. Everybody who looks at the television, if the human being on the television is under the age of 25, it's I'm going to make an objective claim. That's pawn. Yeah. That human being's brain is not done forming because that doesn't happen to humans till they're done to 25. Right. So Greta Thunberg is obviously being 
manipulated. David Hogue, obviously being manipulated. And, and you can go down the list. And listen, when you start finding out what they do to the kids in Hollywood, <laughs> Jesus, some of them don't even survive. Yeah. So at a certain point, this is as bad as you can imagine it. And all of the the soccer mommy bullshit where we're going to talk about everything really nice and we're going to pretend it's not like that. All of the soccer moms in this country need need a severe ass kicking. Yeah. Like a full on. Oh, what was that one? What was that one football player that punched his like haul out punched his wife before they got married? Like, oh, unholy. Uh, Dave Chappelle was talking about it. Like, yeah, it might have been. Um... Was it Ray Rice? Right, yeah, that's okay. it. Yeah, yeah. So this dude, like, like, okay, so every white girl in this country needs to be punched like that, okay? <laughs> I'm not saying this is go out and commit violence. I'm saying all of us as humans have experiences that we, we have and we don't. And as a human being, as of the age of approximately 25, if you have not been punched in the head, you do not understand what the word serious means. Yeah. Because you have never actually had your goddamn cranium threatened by another primate. Yes. The end. You're a dumb fucking human, and I'm encouraging you to go pick a fight with a friend. Because the friend isn't going to kill you. Right. But go and get your face punched in. And if you're saying, this is unnecessary. Nope. I'm sorry. You are unfit to live on this planet for the last 10,000 years. Yeah. This planet was fucking hard. Yeah. Difficult. You would have to. everything was trying to eat you at one point. Including members of your own species. You know what? Fuck that. <laughs> I, as a hunter, am very happy when I'm surrounded in an environment of things that want to heat me. It's yeah. a it's a food-rich environment. They're going to come to eat me. I'm going to kill them. We're good. Yeah. Now, humans is a different thing. But if you're surrounded by things that will eat you, I'm okay with that. They're, they're, the vegan argument, much of it is yeah. based around compassion for animals, not nutrition. Right. Yeah, that's so, that's most of the argument that I was like, all right, are you switching to veganism because you have a problem with, uh, you know, a doe-eyed cow being right. slaughtered for your meal? And, and it's usually yes. Oh, I was like, okay, we can have an argument about factory farming, and it really should happen. Right. Right. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. But I think the vegans need to take a different, take a di- big difference, and say that there's a difference between cruelty and people eating. Yeah. And then I think anyone who wants, any vegan who wants to disagree with me, my prescription for them is one year Peace Corps Africa. You get to go live on a continent where there are fucking mammals that will kill you and they cannot be spoken to. Yeah. And then that's one, while that person is there, someone that they meet will probably get hurt by a wild animal, large wild animal, if they don't get killed. At the very least, they will get mauled. And yeah. then, but but here's what that person's going to have to do for a year. They're going to wander around in an environment where there is a beast that could be food or it could be the reason that they don't go home. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have to live with that thing for a year. And that's going to be a real non-American experience. There's a bunch of shit that goes on in America because it's like Never Never Land. Yeah. Well, all these white girls need to be punched in the head. And they need to live with a lot, or, you know, maybe a large predatory mammal for around for a while. Just saying, these are human beings who have always had enough food, always had enough. Yeah, it was just a trip to the grocery store and you can get fed whatever you wanted. 
It's not. Yeah, not only just a trip to an American grocery store, never a trip to an outhouse. These people. Indoor plumbing a, for the last 90 years or so. Indoor plumbing. Yeah. Wa- water is a human right, don't you know? Yeah. No, it's not. It's a human fucking necessity. Don't yeah. confuse your rights with what exactly. you need to survive, okay? Your philosophy doesn't make fucking water just come out of the, the very living rock. No, it doesn't. Yes, that, there is a reason why people in Africa will trek miles just to go collect a gallon of water. Yes. That may actually not be safe for them to drink right away. Right. Yeah. yeah, they'll take it home and then they'll have to boil it and they'll have to dodge tigers both or lions both ways. Yeah. And then you hear these ignorant human beings, you know, triple grande, ex, no handle, extra froth. Yeah. That's their whole fucking life. And it's like, nah, no, no, no. I'm sorry, white girl, but someone's going to have to look you in your face and deliver some bad information that looks an awful lot like simple shit, but you're going to get angry. And that, there we it, are. It was the line from the movie Jack Reacher when he's going to investigate the uh, the guy who actually did the shooting. And he was like, no, uh, American soccer moms need to be more worried about the chemicals under the kitchen sink than a guy with a gun. It, they really do. Yeah. They really do. And instead of that, I would just have everyone ask themselves a question. Just because everyone told you to put that shit under the kitchen sink, is that the place you should put it where your children can get at it? I know you could put kid locks in there, but maybe the shit belongs on a high shelf in a closet. That's all. Yeah. Why is our why are our homes arranged the way the pictures tell you? I don't know. Yeah. I don't do it like that. There's stuff underneath. Like I have, I don't have any cleaning. There's soap under there. Yeah. Soap, like dish soap. And I don't put... I don't anything that requires a Mr. Yuck sticker doesn't go where the kids can get at it. I don't know. Yeah, liquid Drano goes in a closet on a high shelf. Yep. Ever uh, mass shootings the way they're advertised. If you ask yourself how often should a population of 300 million people have a mass shooting, you know, what if it was a one in a million event? There'd be 300 a year. Yeah. There aren't. There aren't even remotely that. There aren't even remotely that. Let's call it a So much year. so that they've got to like conjure up different numbers to equate what a mass shooting would be. But here's the beautiful... Exactly. And that's where it's yeah. disingenuous. But here's what I, I don't have to conjure up. They're going to put what they're going to call a mass shooting. And it's going to all be approximately the same template. It's going to be a human being, predatory human being, shooting at people who can't defend themselves in a school and or somewhere somewhere. Yeah, some kind of public space where, you know, guns aren't allowed. On the worst years, this is about a 1 in 30 million event. For every 30 million people, you get one of these. Yeah. And then there are humans who think that this problem requires a solution. And if you think you're going to solve a problem on any level greater than that, you don't understand how to solve a problem at all because that shit is solved. Yeah. Okay. If you have, I now I'm not, I'm laughing about shootings. Listen, I'm not saying shootings aren't horrific. I'm saying if yeah. you are, if the port, magical portal in your house shows you the pictures of every horror on earth every day, all you do is have horror vision. Yeah. It's all negative thoughts all the time. But yeah. when you t- when you're sitting down and you have 30 million people over the course of 365 days, and you average that out, and one of them, and that, what am I doing? That's a year with 10 mass shootings in it. Yeah, 10. How many of those years do we have? Hardly. I don't. Jesus, I don't know if we've had any. Yeah, and it's it, 
we're following a trend now of violent crime being at the lowest point it's ever been. Okay, so, if you have 10 mass shootings in a year, there's not enough proper time to milk the news cycles for the bullshit you're going to listen to. Right. They're too close together. So we really don't have this at a 10 a year kind of thing. And there are people, oh, well, the numbers the numbers are bullshit. Everybody, anyone who was, um, this is the most notorious is they take all of the suicide by gun statistics and they add them into gun violence. Yeah. Okay. So at a certain point, Everyone who has purchased this argument where they believe guns are supposed to be controlled, you are ignorant children who don't understand what Pandora's box is. You can never ban this thing in our species ever again, any more than you could ban a nuclear weapon. Yeah. You can get everyone to agree to not keep those things around, and that might happen, but it's not going to happen soon. No. But the guns are never going away. No. Ever, ever they haven't uh, gone away since the 1300s when the goddamn things were first invented, you know. Ever. So <laughs> honestly, what we're really seeing, I want I am tired of pretending that there is two sides to this argument. There's an uneducated side and an impossible side, and that's the same side. Yeah. And then there's the side where the rest of us are tired of pretending that this is an argument because even if it was mathematically possible, it still wouldn't fucking work. Yeah. If you made this happen, you usually end up with a regime. Uh, in the past, you would end up in a regime that would just give you a mass grave for all for all of the safety measures you went through. You now yeah. you end up with a mass grave. You're perfectly safe in the pit with everybody else that we just machine gunned in the back. And, and exactly. <laughs> and, and when you find out who these people are, they're all hooked up with Jeffrey Epstein. So you don't want to live in a world where you don't have a gun in your house, and there are Jeffrey Epstein's on Earth. Do they come to your house? Not really. No. Not really. Or do you have... I would say any adult who has children should have this thing around for whatever reason. Yeah. And then you keep it on a high shelf and you keep it in a box. And yeah, fine. But it's adult accessible because the minute you need to defend yourself, you don't want to have to do it with a Sharpie. Yeah. Sharpies are not sharp. Nope, yep, not at all. It's, it's just not going to work out as you think. Yeah, might give you a bruise, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we've been uh, going almost two hours now. So, what, so where where are you at? I don't know. If we, did we just talk book yet? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, we we talked about a whole bunch of little stuff. Um, so, as far as the your book, uh, I know you've uh, like openly stated like steal this book, put your name on it, get right. it out there and stuff. Right. Uh, so where where can people go to go get it? The null hypothesis of politics.com. Um, really, it, I'm trying to put software together. Software is expensive. So I can't put it all together myself. And the crypto is there because no government people can steal the crypto. So I can definitely get coders paid for in crypto. It's not going through an LLC that could be fallaciously attacked and accused. Right. It is not. It's just me. I am open. You see my face. If you send me a <laughs> bunch of crypto, there will be software pooping out about how to do all these things and i i've tried to just i'm really trying to narrow down like a business proposal and the real problem is i have the the dictionary has to be put together or i can't make certain things at all yeah and then you so you have to make the dictionary and then maybe you can get there's there might be some roi after that there's you could do half of the earth in five languages so English is the first one because that's the that's what it's going to be in. So four translation tools upon that dictionary would yield half of the planet. Yeah. The, and then so and the way the the program works, it's not 
It wouldn't translate into another language per se. It would tell you what it is in English and then we're narrowing down. A dictionary needs to have one one word, one definition. Yeah. And the lawyer's arbitrage argument between definition one and definition two. So you really have to understand we need a contract dictionary that has one word, one definition, and then a GUI to go with it so that when someone changes the definition of a word, you can see it move. Yeah. It's intellectual navigation, but you get to see it. And it's the, it's the reason people cannot follow these conversations. These and, and what it really is, is people can follow the conversation with honest people. Yeah. This is to expose liars. Yeah, it's a stated goal of trying to expose it. So yeah. I have this free dictionary that I give away to everybody. That's fine. But then I can build stuff on top of it. And that doesn't even get a social contract made. Yeah. So I, I need a dictionary to make a social contract. I need a dictionary to get ROI. Right. The dictionary effectively is, you know, whatever the cost is, it's got to be, this is the marketing stuff. We're giving this away to everybody. Because addiction, it sounds weak sauce. It really does sound weak. Like, how are you going to build an entire government? If you have a dictionary where the lawyers and the judges can redefine through precedent, you're fucked. Yeah. You're fucked. So I was making the joke earlier, trying to define where the comma should go in the sentence. Yeah. But I mean, that's literally where we're at. Right. Half of the, the, the gun argument goes back to, is this an independent or dependent clause? Depend, uh, yeah. Literally. It's down to the dumbest of the dumbest and the dumbest of all the things, but then there's not a solution. So the real thing is your body allows you to make a contract at puberty. It's called a baby. Yeah. So you can sign a contract with your genitals, but then the lawyers will tell you you're not allowed to enter contract until 18. And that goes back to we're pushing childhood down the road farther and farther and farther. Yeah. So, and then we're pushing voting rights younger and younger and younger. So you're not responsible for your actions, but you're going to get to. Yeah, I can't let you go and uh, rent a car from Enterprise. Right. But, uh, but you, you know, here you are at the age of nine. Trying leader to of the free world. <laughs> yeah. Ready. Yeah. It's a but. What argument is there to let someone whose brains are less developed vote more? Because uh, they will definitely vote Democrat, uh, don't you know? Exactly. Well, they'll vote, <laughs> they'll vote for the argument that's easily, most easily tricked into. Yeah, the emotional one. The emotional one. That's yeah. where, And they're, they're just looking for well, more. You don't, you don't want to see babies die, do you? But, but yeah. think about this. This kind of ideological presentation is running out of adults on the planet to preach to. Yeah. You have to go to a third world who third world folks who don't know any of this shit, and you have to convert them with cash awards. Yeah. Otherwise, you can't sell this shit to nobody nowhere. So I'm I'm getting very happy about how the socialism is drying up due to lack of interest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking great. Yeah, it's, it's even gotten to the point now. Where it's like, okay, well, you know, here's Venezuela. It's a prime example of what happens with socialism. And it was like, well, no, no, it's it's not the real socialism. No. So I actually have no, a T-shirt. It's real currency debasement. But go ahead and support the Fed some more. <laughs> yeah. So I even have a T-shirt that says socialism has failed every time it has been tried, including real socialism. Right. <laughs> right. You know. But uh, it goes back to it doesn't have a feedback mechanism. Yeah. Why doesn't Bernie Sanders call Maduro and ask him, hey, man, what's under the hood? We can get this thing up and running. Because yeah. Bernie doesn't know or he does know and, and he knows where the currency debasement came from. Yeah. So I'm starting to think everybody in that whole camp is just disingenuous. 
Yeah, well, even Stalin's regime, they were using the Sears Roebuck uh, catalog to cheat. So they knew what prices were of certain certain items. <laughs> there you go. So, there you go. If you if you have a human in a cage, it's easy to bullshit them. And I this this sounds crazy. You can make a legal system intuitive to an eighth grader. Yeah, intuitive to an eighth grader. There and so there's no reason to to not do it. But everything has a cost, and this is a politics. It's not politics. Is we're going to create some software, we're going to pass it out, and we're not going to do this anymore. Yeah. And when you have cryptocurrency, you don't have to participate in the monetary system. When you have there's financial there's finan- ways to do decentralized finance, and so a lot of people say, well, you need a central bank. You don't. Uh, no, 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 no. You don't. There are there was probably a time in human history where a central bank would actually be worth it. It's not now. Yeah. You know, Milton Friedman's monetarism, is it pejorative? Is it anti-human? No, it's to facilitate good things. And yeah. then you cannot have a system like that and ever expect it. It's, it's key terrain. It's key terrain and it will be taken by hostile forces. Yeah. So decentralization is really the part here where we understand that there is no more key terrain. Every human is its own key terrain. And when you give everyone their own agency back and you don't put all the funding in one bucket, you don't have to fight over the one bucket. Right. So. And you don't have to come up with the scare stories as to why not funding that bucket is going to require dead people in the streets because they didn't get fed or housed or whatever. Everybody out there who thinks, I don't know how to make a legal system from scratch, you're wrong. Because you don't know how to do it. But here's the part that makes everybody disturbed. The lawyers don't know how to do it either. No. Because they're not trying to fix the problem. They're trying to arbitrage $500 an hour lifestyles out of the problem. Yeah. I mean, at most, they're kind of weaseling their way through it to get to tomorrow to do it again. Well, listen, even, listen, let's make, let's not make it pejorative. If you're a lawyer and you're trying to navigate that system, I actually, the lawyer that was dealing with me in my divorce, he was taking a course and getting a juris doctorate in something. And he said the course was a challenge. And the court, and, it was pretty simple. Yeah. And I'm like, why was that course difficult? I've heard him. Like, he doesn't make fallacious arguments. He doesn't. Okay. He doesn't. He is literally a lawyer who had, I don't want, I'm not even going to say it's a conscience. I'm going to say he understands that if you're going to go in there and make a bullshit argument, you shouldn't waste your time. There's always a good argument to make as long. So if you have a factual argument and the argument is not fallacious, you actually have a good argument. Yeah. But when you start tampering with that, so so there's four. Here we go. The four. The four. Right. Yeah. It's a true argument and a not fallacious argument. It's a false argument and not fallacious argument. That could be accidental. Yeah. But then you have the false argument where it is fallacious, and that could also be accidental. Yeah. So when you look at every problem, you have to pull all of the stupid out, and you can't look for anyone to blame because as soon as you find someone to blame, you stop looking for solutions. You yep. found the problem. It was this simple bastard. Yeah. Well, that's not the problem. All of the simple bastards added up in the system are not the problem. The system was put together a long time ago and has so many holes in it. Right. That there's no way to plug them. Even if you educate every dumb bastard in the system at home, you're not going to have a job unless you plug all the holes. You're going to find out that the only reason the system existed was monetary abuse. Yeah. <laughs> so none of this actually works. And it was all left over from time when there was no electricity. 
In economics, it's called the coordination problem. In the military, it's kind of the same thing, but we just didn't call it that. Yeah. We have to figure out the solution. And is there a solution for 300 million people? The answer is yes. The answer is you have to learn how to do this on your own. Right. And that that's just confusing because you don't do all of civil society on your own. you got to learn yourself and the things that you touch. And then civil society, you know, air quotes, yeah. throws a bunch of stuff on top of you. And you're saying, oh, Donnie, I can't learn all that. I'm like, you don't understand. I got rid of all that shit. You don't put all of these things in a system that's intuitive to humans. You don't cast 5,000 laws upon people and then find ways to fund a regulatory state and a police state and then send people out there to try and regulate all of this human action. Well, all you're going to find out is the government is there to set up a toll booth. Yeah. Now, you can think that that toll booth is legit or not, but I will tell you it's only a toll booth. If you think you can't do any particular thing without the government, you're not correct. There's lots of solutions. So understanding that the government is going to fail because of the monetary abuse, and that's, dem- again, we're, we're right back to the beginning, demonstrated by Libra. Yeah. The, Fed, the, the feds are not going to be able to keep up the monetary abuse. The story is getting old, and it's that that's going to run out. That's not just our lifetime. The Fed head doesn't have five years left. The dollar will outlive the Fed because of the issues. The question yeah. is, what does a monetary problem look like in an information age? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, so, we're going to find out, though. Yes, we are going to find out. So a lot of this sounds incredulous. Uh, to be honest, I was tiptoeing. Like, I'm a full-blown adult predator. I'm walking around tiptoeing around people. Like, I'm holding this book, and I'm like, I don't know if I should show this to him. He might think I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> so it takes me a little while to even get yeah. Bob Murphy on the horn. And then I start passing this around. I'm like, nope. Jesus, it's even worse. I'm not wrong. Very used to, you get used to being wrong in life. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. You're like, there is no way. There is no nope. There is there is a way you take. It's the concept of zero and systems theory. I, I keep trying to prove myself wrong, and I keep running. Literally, it looks like an infinity symbol. It's a racetrack. Yeah, it functions um, a paradoxical solution or a paradoxical non-solution. So here's the paradoxical non-solution. I need everybody to give me a dollar. All you have to do is believe me that I can fix the legislature. Yeah, and everyone says the same thing. You got to tell me how to do it first. The minute I tell them how to do it, they're like, that sounds really complicated. I don't know how to do it. You're not getting my dollar. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> All I needed was a dollar from everyone, and yeah. then I could go fix the legislature. A paradoxical solution that sounds bad is you have to sign a contract. Well, one of the, one of the tenets of a contract is a consideration. You can't be forced to sign it. Yeah. Well, if you don't sign this one, you don't get to live here, and you don't get to have our legal system. And, and that's that's further down the road, right? Yeah. Right now, we have one system and we need another one. So we bail from one to the other. Let's just say it takes 25 years for eventually the entire system is finally. How does it work from then on? When you become an adult, a pubescent adult, you have to sign a contract. Now, what does it say? Don't murder, don't rape, don't steal. That's it. Yeah. So if that is a forced contract then I guess we're all going to have to eat each other. But it's really, it's really you're volunteering to not do these things. Yeah. When you start the legal system with the dead body on the ground, it's very difficult to deal with all. 
when you don't have the dead body on the ground and we all agree to not murder, the legal system coalesces differently. I don't cast laws to prevent this problem. We yeah. volunteer to not have that. And then you, when a cop bangs on your door and he's sweating and says, I'm chasing a murderer. Is he in your house? You know, here I am like, no. But, <laughs> but, but when you start, when you start answering cops questions, you're opening yourself up to being dealt. Nope. So now all of a sudden somebody banging on my door and they want to know, is this, is this the house I need to pursue someone into? Yeah. And you're disincentivized to help. No, come on. <laughs> the legal system is supposed to make officer friendly friendly. Yeah. Well, it doesn't. Nope. So when you're, when, when someone has to validate, not accuse and then compile evidence, Someone has to validate that you did indeed commit a murder. Yeah. It's a different job. I get to walk up to you and ask you, did you kill this fucker? And you're, okay, let's assume you're going to lie to me on that one. Yeah. Okay, you can keep me out of your house to a certain extent. Do you still have the body in there? Like, this is an enterprise. We have to think about this. You don't just get to kill someone and then all of that is easily not provable we're missing a human they were they were leaving a trail of breadcrumbs long before you killed them yeah we're gonna follow that trail of breadcrumbs until we bumped into you dummy yeah so you got to be real good at kind of getting away with this shit you know some people have watched too much true crime and some people haven't watched enough yeah and some of that true crime bullshit is propaganda dna evidence is not nearly as solid as people used to think it is stuff like that no. and it's not because dna isn't val isn't can't tell it's because the crime labs are shit and the yeah. evidence collection skills are shit and all of the other yeah and we just had that recent case of that uh one crime lab supervisor who had just sent a whole bunch of people to prison because she was fucking with the uh, the results and everything oh but didn't she get promoted right yeah she was working her way up in the system through fraud and didn't give a f well that listen yeah. there are plenty of cops Look, the prosecutor needed his close rate and, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. When you have a system like that that has to run on metrics. You basically told all the people in that system they have to generate a certain amount of crime to justify their job, which is true. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying it works better open source. And here's where this is a, this is a hard switch for people. In a system where you're incentivized to be honest and give information away, you don't try to hide a lot of your information. You yeah. decide, you know, Mark Zuckerberg has everyone's information. So you simply decide- Because you handed it right over to him. Yeah. Exactly. Well, the nature of using a platform will do this. So yeah. you have to choose what, who's gonna have my information. Not, is my information gonna be inaccessible? Who's gonna have it? Here's what I'm gonna tell you. You, you look at your life, and this is this is a little difficult, but it's not difficult when you can talk about it with your friends because everybody gets together and they'll figure out what the best ways to not get defrauded are. Yeah. I'm going to say that the best way to do this is you choose certain transactions in your life that you keep private. They're not secret. Somebody's going to be able to find out eventually. Yeah. But they're private. And here's why no one should ever accept um, like money laundering or anything like that. When somebody's trying to use financial evidence against you in a crime, what did they first have to do? They had to do all the work to get you to the bank statements, and now they're going to prove you from money laundering. 
Right. When they start accusing you of financial crimes, they haven't found a crime yet. They're looking for evidence through a bunch of financial statements and they're going to try to make make that what yeah, they want it to be. comes into the three felonies a day thing because so, the way that the financial laws are written. So yeah. if you want justice, you cannot allow your financial system to determine what is money laundering and then they cannot be allowed to start an investigation on the money end. Yeah. Otherwise, there are a bunch of amateurs who are, who are you know, basically spear... They're fishing for, for a case or they're spear fishing for a case. Yeah. So that, that can't be allowed. Yeah. And there it goes. There's all the reasons to hide most, almost all the transactions. And then there's privacy coins. There are privacy coins that the federal government doesn't like. And if you, I, now here's, this is an unfounded, you know, it's kind of my opinion. There are a bunch of privacy coins that are allowed. And then there were some that were intentionally delisted and thrown into, you know, certain places that you could still get them. Yeah. But they were popular and they were used and then they were shunned. And it looked like all of the, you know, when they were trying to KYC and they were trying to figure out how to keep people out of certain projects, they took them off of big exchanges. So it looks like the regulators tried to hard bully. And I'll just tell you, the one that I saw this happen to was called Cloak. Yeah. And they have a running bounty. If anybody figures out how to crack Enigma, the the algorithm they, they call is Enigma. Anybody cracks it, there's there's a pretty big bounty on it, and they just closed it again. It, it runs for every it's it's a it's constantly open bounty. Anybody who cracks a nigga can go make some money. Okay. Zcash and Verge. Yeah. And Dash has a privacy send. So all three of these seem to be welcome on all of the platforms by open arms. So yeah, I especially don't, Dash. Yeah. So I don't know. Now, there's ways to do this. You can watch you can watch coins go in and out of the black hole. So Zcash and Verge might work, but they kind of have volumetrics done where they've watched a bunch go into the black hole and they've watched a bunch come out of the black hole and they kind of know how much is still in there. So you can volumetric that even if. Yeah. And that, and if they work. But I'm almost certain that Cloak works because they're real mouthy about how they're a really good privacy coin. They have a constant bounty open. Right. And they were, and they were given the, the stink eye and they were thrown off of certain exchanges for being what I'm pretty sure they are. So if you want a privacy coin, Cloak seems like the good idea. I'm not saying Zcash and Verge are broken, but I am saying those volumetrics will eventually start to tell you yeah. macro movement into the black hole. And this is great. You want law enforcement knowing whether or not somebody just pushed a bunch of money into the black hole or not. But we need to get away from all these. Everybody who thinks regulations work, they don't work. No. Everybody who thinks that government works, even when it organizes the things that you like, it works very inefficiently. Yeah. So. I, I'm, I'm in civil engineering. Talk to me about the roads, you know. What <laughs> and, and, and when I. So. The, the, oh. We're two and a half. I won't keep going. Yeah. But th- this is basically it. It's doable if you take the time. And I didn't, th- I kind of knew, I knew it was doable, but nobody's going to believe me how. I yeah, I hit the side of that idea with my head and it sounded hollow. Yeah. Could have been my head that was hollow. I don't know. But I knew that it was hollow. So I started looking for a solution and then I found one. And for anybody who understands, um, here's a quick example to just, just put people's mind at ease. When you're looking at a system in a computer, it's 0 through 255, but there are 256 representations. 
Mm -hmm. The computer doesn't understand the concept of zero. Zero is just another integer to that thing. Yeah. When you look in reality, don't, don't miss the illusion. There's nothing like a vacuum and then there's something and this is one and zero. But when you look at systems theory, it's not there's a system and then there's no system. It's there's system and no system. And then when you look at types of systems, you have one through forever. But then you have a specific type of zero called a system called zero. Yeah. And it is a system that doesn't have form. It's the system that you do. It's kind of like it's consciousness. Your body has an endocrine system and a vascular system and a nervous system and a respiratory system, but there is no consciousness system. So you're the very essence of zero, and that is how a legal... When you base the legal system off of this, it's nothing but human rights. No murder, no rape, no steal. Yeah. And that's it. So you mix systems theory with zero, and you come up with this new thing, and that's it. And it's that simple and it's that complex, but it really is a lot simpler. It shouldn't intimidate people. Yeah. And I think it does and it should. That's all. Yeah. Well, this is awesome, man. Uh, you're going to be my, my longest interview to date. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we went down every conceivable rabbit trail that we could have possibly gone down. So Not even close. Not even close. No. I wish. <laughs> I wish it was if we could boil this down to two and a half hours real quick. I'm trying to map this conversation because it goes across monetary and it goes across legal and it goes across corruption and where yeah. it, does, well, it just, it never ends. And then some people are like, I don't understand where this conversation goes. The answer is this is all, it's all supporting information. Yeah. That's it. This is background. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's trying to learn all of the situation. So we have a long conversation about it and you learn whatever you learned. Yep. Well, Donnie, that was that was great, man. Yes, uh, you're going to be invited back whenever you want to come on. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I come up to Dallas now and again. So, all right. Well, that was great. All right, folks. Well, that's going to be it. We're going to say goodbye to Donnie Gebert this time. Uh, so he will be back at some point or another. Uh, but by all means, please check out all of the stuff down in the show notes. I mean, I really don't even know where to begin on the show notes, but uh, <laughs> that that's going to be a project unto itself. So uh, with that, guys, uh, we'll have a new episode next week. I might have a guest, might not. Uh, but anyways, see you later. Out. When all of your flaws and all of my flaws are laid out one by one. Wonderful part of the mess that we made We pick ourselves undone All of your flaws and all of my flaws They lie there hand in hand Ones we've inherited, ones that we learned They pass from man to man There's a hole in my soul I can't fit